Hello, welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I am your host, and this is my podcast. And my guest today is comedian Danielle. Perez. So I first became aware of Danielle when I was emceeing uh, the Catharsis Carnival, which is a fundraising benefit put on by my friend Whitney Bell. And uh, and Danielle performed. She's a comedian. She performed. She was hilarious. I immediately fell in love with her, worked up the nerve to go over to her, get her information, and finally found the courage of myself to reach out to get her onto this very podcast. And here she is today. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about this incredible woman. Uh Okay, to quote Danielle's bio on her website, Danielle Perez is best known for being the woman in a wheelchair with no feet who won a treadmill on The Price is Right. Um, So that's bananas, right? How crazy is that? She's in a wheelchair, she has no feet, and when she won an award, a prize on The Price is Right, it was a treadmill. Uh, and then, so Danielle later appeared as a guest on Jimmy Kimmel Live because of her hilarious reaction to winning the super awkward prize on the on the Price is Right. And then uh, she's, she's appeared on a million other things. She's been on uh, the Elite Daily Show. She's done sketches for Blessed and Funny or Die. She was recently profiled by Refinery29. She's open for Maria Bamford and performed at comedy clubs and festivals across the country. She produces a show, a monthly comedy show called Gentrification, the last Friday of every month at Avenue 50 Studio in Highland Park. And the next show is actually... Friday, April 28th. So definitely, if you're going to be in the Los Angeles area, definitely be there. I'm going to be there. You'd be crazy not to be there. Uh, She's going to be on Carmen Esposito and Rhea Butcher's show. Put your hands together at UCB Franklin on Tuesday, April 18th. Another incredible show. I've gone to that show before and it's so funny. So yeah, I might have to go to that too. Oh my God, she's going to think I'm stalking her. Oh my God, Danielle Perez is going to think I'm her number one stalker. And she, I think she already thinks that. Anyway, uh, but Danielle is a, is also a founding member of something called Thigh Gap Comedy, which is a super fierce, funny, diverse feminist production company that's comprised of three women of color who are committed to producing live shows that feature comedians with strong voices and unique perspectives from diverse backgrounds. So what I'm trying to say here is Danielle Perez is doing a lot of cool shit. And, uh, you know, we go on a tangential journey as per the use on this here podcast, where we have a conversation that, that, uh, where we talk about crystals, comedy, you know, as women do women, we, women, we talk about crystals, not to gender stereotype, but uh, I found it's mainly my girlfriends, uh, who I find myself talking about crystals with. Uh, we talk about comedy brunch, real housewives, Mariah Carey, the horror that is dating. Uh, we talk about feminism, diversity, being disabled. Uh, you know, bottom line is we touch on a lot of shit in this conversation. It's a long one this week. It's a long conversation, but well worth it. Break it up in chunks. If you're driving around town, if you're going on long walks, whatever the fuck it is you're doing. My mom complains if my podcasts are long, but I'm like, you know what? Break it up and stop complaining, by the way. And uh, and then she got back to me. She's like, Alexi, I broke them up on, on car rides. And then it becomes like this fun treat where I can listen to your show in three parts and I have something to look forward to in, in my otherwise dreary dull day. And I'm like, yeah, I told you, Mom, and here's another one, a two-hour episode with Danielle Perez, my new best funny friend, okay? Anyway, so Danielle and I talk about a lot of fun stuff, but it's not all fun and light, but you know, some of it's light, some of it's heavy, all right? All of it's real. 
Uh, I would like to also say for anything and everything else, Danielle Perez, go to the Danielle You can follow her on Instagram and Twitter at diva deluxe. Yeah, I'm going to spell it for you. D I V a D E L U X. You can also follow me on all of social media at Alexi Wasser. Um, I would love you guys out there, people, everybody in, in the ether, whoever you are, I would love for you to send me emails and send those emails to dearlovealexi at gmail.com. I'm going to dedicate an entire episode of this podcast just to reading your emails. Um, you know, so really anything and everything, questions, comments, thoughts, feelings, concerns, maybe you need me to serve as your big sister or best friend uh, or what, what have you, and you want me to give you love, sex, dating, relationship, friend, or overall life advice, great, I'll do it. Just send me an email. Also, I'm single. All right, I'm putting that out there. Maybe you want to ask me on a date. Maybe you want to propose marriage. Love it. That sounds fantastic. But if that's what you're going to do, please include a photo of your face. Okay. Uh, that being said, I also have to tell everybody if you're in the Los Angeles area, uh, Sunday, April 9th, this coming Sunday, April 9th. This is primarily for girls, but if you like wearing women's clothing or whatever, actually, there'll be a lot of fun stuff, whatever, whoever you are. I am putting on a pop-up clothing shop, all right, this Sunday, April 9th, 2017, with a group of my incredible girlfriends, uh, Penelope Gazin, Brittany Furlon, Kid Bell, Nora Kirkpatrick, and and more to be announced. It is going to be so fun. It's from 12 to 5 p.m. in Silver Lake, California, 1740, Michelle Terena, Michael Terena. I've never figured out how to pronounce this street in Los Angeles. But anyway, 1740, Michelle Terena Street, 90026, 12 to 5 p.m. Sunday, April 9th. Be there. Last time I did a pop-up shop with a bunch of my girlfriends, oh, the turnout was incredible. So many wonderful women. It turned into like everybody was shopping, finding amazing articles of clothing, getting all excited about that. But then it was also this fun communal bonding sesh, hangout, daytime slumber party, if you will, of girls just talking about feelings and life and career and dreams and dreams and hopes and aspirations and boys and guys and waiting for texts and relationship debacles, just, you know, everything. It was so fun and therapeutic. Um, so I encourage you to come out. And uh, that being said, I'm going to shut the fuck up finally so you can enjoy my conversation with the hilariously funny, badass babe that is comedian Danielle Perez. Now entering Nerdist.com. Oh, we're, re- we're recording now, by the way. Just you know, We start recording when you... So, so if, you don't, if you don't want any of this in here, you just have to oh, tell me. Should I sit me. on the couch? Oh, dude, you just do whatever you want. I'm just... I'm being completely... If no help or... You just tell me what to do and I'll do it. I'm just like jumping around like a crazy person. Like, no, I've gone the whole other way from doing all this research on you, watching all the videos. I'm like, she's on her own. Do you know how to swim too bad? Give me a hug. Thank you for doing oh, this. Thank you for having oh me. Oh my god. Oh, you're a great hugger. Oh my god. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Just <laughs> grasping for any sort of connection <laughs> in this cool girl world. <laughs> Exclusive. <laughs> Wait, are you? What's your name? This I'm is sorry. Aristotle. Oh, hi, Aristotle. Danielle. Danielle. Nice to meet you. Um, uh, we don't usually record in here. Are we? Are, are you getting the goods, Aristotle? <laughs> are you picking up on this magic? 
Get closer. Get closer. Oh my god. <laughs> really? Closer. Wait, did we miss all the other gold? The comedy gold? No. The comedy realness? Um, <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Wait. Do I have to? Oh my god. Am I holding the mic? Okay. Yeah, we can hold the mic. Oh, this is kind of cool. I feel comfy holding it. Me too. Oh my god, it's the best day of our lives. I actually feel very cool. I noticed recently I hold the microphone kind of like Mariah Carey does, like how singers do. Oh, I even have Mariah Carey on my like thing of notes here, and you already got there. Great. Well, we're done. Aristotle wrap this up real quick. Um, how's how's Mariah Carey hold the mic? With one, she kind of holds it. She holds it, um, so it's kind of like more parallel to the floor a little parallel bit. Parallel to the floor, you have a little I bit think of a like, pinky up, and a I, I do a little bit of a pinky up. Yeah, I don't know. Like some comics, they like put it like so it's uh, parallel to their body, and like they rest their chin. And that so grosses me out every time I see a comic with the mic on their chin. I'm like, do you know how many people that's touched? I've never noticed that. But that's all I'm gonna notice. I was like my skin cannot handle that. Like I already. I, <laughs> You've got very dewy skin. You've Thank got beautiful, you. Beautiful, dewy, youthful skin. I'm really. I've been exploring the challenging world of Korean skincare. Oh my god, the masks, the like the, the masks, but then also then like the toners that aren't really toner. They're like a serum that allow you to put on more product. What the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? The I don't know oil about this. cleanser. What? I went. I did a shopping trip with, in K Town with yeah. my friend Sita Shon, and who's she? We, Oh, she's amazing. Full, full name. Well, Sita Zhang. She's amazing. She's a, a comedian okay. in Los Angeles, also a writer. She's dope. She wrote on the Kids' Choice Awards. She did? Yeah, she's amazing. Oh, my God. I just had, I had to know because she said her full name, and I was like, I got to get to the bottom of this. Who's just, this girl? Shout out. Okay. I'm always giving just, shout out. You know, <laughs> you know, credit where it's due. Yeah. Okay, so you're with her. Yeah. You're in K-Town. We went to K-Town, and we got uh, lots of, we went to the H Mart, What's where that? they are, it's this Korean market. Um, they have food, beauty supplies, household items, everything. They're very generous with their dumpling samples. They are they samples are. for free. We just went there. We were there around lunchtime, and we just ate lunch, just scoring samples. That's like me at Trader great. Joe's. That's like me at Trader Joe's. Beeline to the free coffee, the half and half, and whatever sample they're dealing with. But they only give you one at Trader Joe's. Yeah. Oh, but you're you're nice. No. You're nice and you're cute. <laughs> no, I mean, and then I get oh yeah, I just like I'm always hoping for pizza. You always hope that it's pizza. Yeah, that's the yeah. This podcast is epic podcast fodder. (laughs) We love free samples. Free samples, Mariah Carey. What did you think of her weird meltdown on? uh... Oh, oh, I loved it. Me too. It was my favorite thing. Yeah, I just like honestly, as like someone that's constantly giving up, I think she did a great job. You're constantly giving up. We'll get there. (laughs) We're gonna get there in the spot. It's gonna get. It's It's gonna get real. Unfiltered, oh uncensored, real. It got unfiltered, uncensored, real when I was like tiptoeing around the fact that like I was like, oh, I usually record the podcast upstairs. upstairs. Uh, I don't like, I hope that, and then you're all like, I will crawl up those stairs. And I was How like, oh I my God. to the belly room of the comedy store? Oh, are there stairs there? Yeah. It, that place is completely inaccessible. The oh bathrooms, the OR. Fuck, fuck that. <laughs> Everywhere. Oh my God. Well, yeah. Meltdown actually, you guys got a stage or you got a ramp to the stage. Um, like the first time I performed, Caitlin Durante, she she sent me a message. Shout out to Caitlin Durante, yeah, she's gonna, amazing. Did you do her Bechtel podcast? I'm gonna do. She has a Bechtel podcast. Yeah, no, I know she she does. I haven't done it yet. Yeah, but. we're gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I, we're gonna do Thelma and Louise. Oh, that's gonna be so much fun. Yeah, yeah, Have you it. seen the Joanne the Scammer kind of remake of it? No, it's so good. Joanne a, the Scammer. Do you know Joanne the Scammer? Who's that? She's a messy bitch who lives her drama. She what? Where? Oh my god, it's this. <laughs> 
light skin, mixed race, um, black man who wears like a white bob, a messy white bob, and like and just like a ratty fur coat. And makes these Instagram videos and got super famous. Just, you know, just, you know, talking about living like a, he's like, I'm watching Law and Order SVU, just living like a Caucasian. What? A oh messy my God. bitch who lives for drama. It's so good. He's everything. He made a remake? So, yeah, Super Deluxe. He's been working with Super Deluxe. He, like, okay, he DMs with Chelsea Peretti. He does? Yes. Wait, and we're saying that's a big, big deal, right? I mean, it's huge. I know. I do love Chelsea Peretti. But I, was, I was, like, wondering, okay, yeah, framing all this. Yes. Okay, so he's DMing with her. Yeah, he's DMing with her. And then they do, like, this video for Super Deluxe where, like, he's showing off his Caucasian home on Caucasian Lane. And, like, and there's, like, what, uh, pictures of, like, a white family with babies. Oh. And it's, like, and this is me and my children. And, like. He's showing off all the jewels and then like while well, he's pocketing everything and then Chelsea Party comes home like what are you doing in my home? Oh, she's in it. They're doing it together. Yeah. God, it was super dull. Oh my god. Okay, so she comes in. Yeah, you're in yeah. my home. It's so funny. Holy shit! But is this? But is that the Thelma and Louise thing? No, but then the Thelma and Louise is like a whole other one where it's like him and some other woman. I don't know who the other woman is, but they're just like it's totally like the plot of Thelma and Louise. Have and- you seen Thelma and Louise? I haven't. I know I'm terrible. No, I hadn't either. And it's like, I don't know how long ago. That, you've not seen it. Aristotle? Of course not. Is it, it's like late 80s or early 90s. Wait, what? You've seen parts. Like okay. I get, you know, Brad Pitt's a scammer. You oh, know. He is so. He gives her that good dick. They drive off a cliff. I what? mean, I understand That's the not... basics. Am I spoiling it for you? <laughs> I just saw it. I know. But it's weird because I just saw. Oh, God. What did I see? I saw Thelma and Louise. And Rocky for the first time in like the same week. And I like went on Twitter. I'm like freaking out. I can't believe it's so great. I'm like apologizing for potential spoiler alerts. People are like, uh, it came out 40 years ago, you bonehead. We're cool. Yeah. We're cool we're, spoilers. We're good here. But oh my God, it was just like, uh, yeah, I had like, I just, I, I was like so, I can't, uh, Thelma and Louise is just great. It just made me just want to go on a road trip with my best girlfriend, murder a guy, a misogynist, rapist, yeah. and, uh, and then, kill myself it was uh it's you're you're you living have a to full see life it. you have to see it okay with the mariah carey thing i think <laughs> just to like touch on that before we go on you know uh, on our tangential journey that we're going on already that's already begun i think feel like mariah carey's meltdown wait what was the event what was the thing time it Square? was um yeah it was like new year's rock and eve <laughs> New Year's Rock and Eve, which is already super dorky and nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. So her whole like lip syncing debacle or having a meltdown or what, what happened? I think, I mean, she blamed production and I think it was a mix of both. But like when you're doing a live event that intense, you you need to be able to hear yeah. your inner ear and i think she just couldn't hear it and i think they probably didn't do like a run through mariah carey is actually pretty hardcore about run through so they they probably weren't able to do a run through because you can see her being like oh i didn't realize it was this song and she's like oh it's a studio version you guys just sing along yeah like she sings live for the most part she does yeah so i think she's just it was a mixture of like her not really knowing what was going on and uh and also not being super accustomed to like lip syncing because she sings she does sing live i'm actually really this is like my way to interview mariah carey like via through you i'm gonna channel you know, mariah i should be i should be lying down i really should be there should be I'm like a, a pink a soft pink lighting yeah. on me oh man you can't see me i like how i'm pretending i'm on film i should right take a now. photo please take a should photo should i okay you guys yeah. everybody let's take a breather we're instagramming we're taking this. a moment 
We're Instagramming a photo. Let's pretend this water, this arrowhead is is a glass of champagne. This, you know what? People are DMing me about you already because I was already apologizing people on uh, on Instagram about like the cesspool and the weird stains here. So, <laughs> but we're doing okay, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> we're doing it. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Hold on. Wait, I'm taking one more photo because that was a video. Giving my best, Mariah. Ready? One, two, three. Yes. Oh, my God. And I said yes, not yes, because I don't say that. You don't say yes. You're not appropriating gay I'm, culture. <laughs> I'm not appropriating gay culture, but nobody even knows that. Like, I remember, like, I'm so glad I, like, I, you know, I, I learned about that for a guest a while back telling me about Paris is burning. And like I said, oh, I love Paris is burning. And I had a conversation with my mom yesterday talking about like about Vogue and how uh, and Madonna and mm-hmm. how she it isn't her whatever. Oh, Long story long. You want to know what I call my car? What? Executive realness. Executive realness. After after one of the categories in Paris is burning. <laughs> you know what? I haven't seen Paris is burning. I just know about it's it. It's on Netflix. <laughs> it's on Netflix. You should watch it. It's amazing. You you kill a man and then you kill yourself. It's great. It's amazing. Actually, though, one of the queens in Paris is burning. It was found out years later when they died. Dorian Gray. Or Dorian Gorey, um, they found a mummified body in a trunk Wait, in what? their closet. Yes, one of the queens from Paris is burning, which she, she killed fan. a man. <laughs> she killed a man. Are you serious? Yes. Why are you smiling so big? Because it's amazing. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I am. Can you imagine if there was just like a group of drag queens who just went like a just like a serial killer group of drag queens, just serving face, doing death drops? Were they serial killers? Killing people? Just one, <laughs> just, right? Just, just one. one killer, one murder, right? I, I love hope. that the body was mummified. I think this is the funniest. I'm still reeling part. from the fact that I just added myself that I didn't see it, but I at least, but I had the awareness. I mean, that was so so bogus on my part. Such a photo, embarrassing. But uh, at least I have the awareness of it. I'm, you know, I'll get there. But mm. I feel like the thing with Mariah Carey, just to finally fin- wrap that up or whatever, her having that meltdown and what happened at the Oscars with Moonlight and La La Land, mm-hmm. I feel like those are the only, like those major mistakes are the only things that make me care, you know? Yeah, those are real. Those are real moments. Yes, yeah, Unproduced I moments. I mean, because we don't care about rocking New Year's Eve. It's like, yeah, no. fuck that. Who gives a fuck? And who cares about the, I mean, I don't care about the Oscars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So when these major kind of weird blunders happen, I'm like, this is incredible. Oh, my God. That's like, you know, so now they're going to start producing major blunders. I love that part in, with the Oscars when that, the producer for La La and I was like, no, there's been a mistake. Yeah, who was that guy? He was so angry. He was so, but like, he, it was, was, he was so like earnest. Yeah. It was like, yeah. Lassie, Lassie's telling us that he's in trouble. Yeah, like, he was so pissed. <laughs> I thought he was mad at me. It was so scary. No, it was that the guy that was pissed was the guy before him. It was like, oh, we lost, by the way. And it was like, but you still gave your speech like that. I didn't like when he eat that because there were three producers for La La Land. The first guy gave a speech. Yeah. Then the second guy and the third guy. By the time I got to the third guy, he had already he already realized that there was a mistake and they were not supposed to be up there. And he gave a speech anyway. And then at the very end, he did a half ass. Oh, well, we didn't win, by the way. And it's like, well, then why did you do that? Oh, my God. And then yeah. it was like one of the it was the second producer that was like, no moonlight should be up here but then the producer is the one of the uh, oscars is the one who snatched the thing and got really hostile right i don't think i don't know who knew anyone who knows anyone it's a lot there's a lot of commotion a lot of commotion <laughs> how do we meet Let's we met at whitney bell's catharsis carnival yes that was so amazing that was amazing that, that the acoustics there weren't so good yeah i, I mean it's, like that's like kind of thing about like art galleries and like raw spaces yeah. but they're very cool we needed a carpet 
for all that sound yeah. bouncing off the the floor. But it was fun. I had a great time. Yeah, no, you got on stage and I was like blown away. I was like, oh my God, you're so great. Your act is so tight. I was oh, like, thank you. I was like, I got to get her. It was, and it's so embarrassing to approach a person you don't know. Are you burping? Are you secretly burping on my podcast? Just kidding. I'm moving the mic. <laughs> That's realness though. Get, move the mic back. Um, but, uh, but it's so embarrassing to ask a person you don't know to be on your podcast. I just feel like it's like, it's just like, it's, I hate that's my But your podcast thing. is amazing. I mean. And it's cool. I'll take it. Okay. And here, and then I researched the shit out of you and I've got copious notes. Oh my gosh. I mean, it looks like, you know, whatever, childish scrawl here, some kind of like weird. Uh, Can you tell me how to find myself? I feel like you know more about me than me. I'm going to show you how to get there. It's not going to be easy. It's going it's to be, wow, you sound like my therapist. <laughs> Are you in therapy? I am. I'm in therapy so I can stop buying crystals. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is so crazy. I mean, okay. The other oh, what day. crystals are you working yeah. with? Let's okay. see. <gasps> my bag of crystals. Okay, here's the thing. I was with my girlfriend the other day. She, I left mine in my car and I almost bought them and I was like, God damn it. I'm dumping them on. <gasps> Ooh, oh my, you're just a hard, just like a a hard spread of rose quartz and amethyst. Lots of healing. Holy. Oh, these are beautiful. Here's what happened the other day. I was out with my girlfriend who I became friends with because she did this podcast, uh, uh, really, Brittany Furlon, and she... We went out to dinner. She pulls a crystal out of her purse. And I went, oh, my God. I knew we were meant to be friends. And then I pull my bag of crystals and dump them on the table. And she, she's like, I just pulled out one, though. Like, <laughs> she's like, this is crazy. But that's how you know. I like to put in bra crystals when I perform. What crystals? Bra crystals. Like you, oh, you tuck them in your bra. What kind do you, do you use? At Labradorite. What's that? To activate okay. your magic. Really? <laughs> yes. Wait, say that slower. Lab- what? Labradorite. Labradorite. What does it look like? It's um, it's kind of gray, but it has like like an opal kind of rainbow of like color in it. You know, like yeah. a lot of flashes of different color. It's really beautiful. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I need to it activates your magic. It's intense. I love it. Oh my god! And and citrine for creativity. Citrine for creativity. <laughs> the other one for my magic, and we got the rose quartz and the amethyst, which is my birthstone. The amethyst is my birthstone. Wait, what's your astrological sign? I'm a Taurus. I'm an Aries Taurus cusp. Yeah. Why do women April know April 23rd. Why do we all know that stuff? Because we because we care about finding ourselves. We want to understand. Will it get us there or are we just delusional? Because I'm so into, I'm like, yeah, I'm an Aquarius. I love it. You're an Aquarius? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a Taurus rising and blah, blah, yakety schmackety. And all women, and then you t- mentioned to a man, not to gender stereotype. I'm sorry, Aristotle. I'm sure you're very into crystals and astrology. He's shaking his head no. Aristotle's like, I just got my cards read yesterday. How rude. How dare you? How rude of you. How cute is Aristotle? He's adorable. Isn't he a babe? I love that we're objectifying the only oh. men in our presence. Yeah. I'm for it. Me too. I'm all about it. <laughs> Aristotle, say nothing, okay? Say nothing. <laughs> just smile and look pretty, okay? It's- we don't need you to speak. Don't need you to have thoughts or opinions. Um, oh, where was I going, Willa? Oh, yeah, but I feel like astrology gives you hope. It does. I mean, <laughs> it gives you, well, it's like the same thing as like religion. You know, yeah. it's like this, you're looking for answers and you're trying to, answers, answers. answers. <laughs> we are not you're just trying okay. to understand like yourself and the world around you and other people. Because yeah. people are complicated. We people, are confusing. Yeah, I'm realizing I don't like as many people as I worry about liking me. Yeah. And then I go, that's a good place to be in that you, you're understanding, you're realizing that. Yeah. Yesterday was like four in the morning and I will ask you about you in a moment. But 
Oh, God. Are you texting? Who are you no, texting? No, I'm taking an Instagram story of the crystals. Oh, yay. Oh, here's also what I So I met you at the Catharsis Carnival uh, fundraiser, and I'm getting it. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Oh, my God. It's it's all happening. It. Um, So then I did all this, like, you know, research on you. I'm going on a weird wormhole spiral. Where did that wormhole take you? Oh, my God. I want to know where, like, where you, you started with me, but where did you end up? Uh, first of all, okay, and I'm going to, I want you to tell me the story because I, I sure as hell did not know about this. And so I, if my, I'm, my, my listeners might not either. And it's a great story. You're on the price is right. All right. Yes. Tell me, <laughs> please, let's unpack this together sure. for my listeners. Mm-hmm. Tell me about, oh my God, my stomach is growling so loud. Oh, was that your stomach? I wondered. I thought it was mine for a second. I was like, but I didn't feel it. I was like, but you know what? I'm 32, going to be 33. My body's doing things, but it's your body. So I love it. Hey, yeah, it was your stomach. (laughs) Just take the responsibility of that, please. It's like crazy loud gurgles. So you're welcome, everybody out there in uh, in the ether. Okay. So yeah. So when were you on The Price is Right? And tell me, how'd you end up on the... Tell me everything. Okay, we're going through all. Our bodies we're are burping. Our we're stomachs women. are going, we, we are, know our bodies ourselves. We're just people living our lives. Gosh darn it, we burp and we uh, have stomachs that growl. Okay, so okay, so I went to a taping of The Price Is Right back in like March twenty fifteen. I'm like, whoa, years. What's what years? So twenty fifteen with um, my friend Wendy Starling. She's a comedian. And she was in L.A., but she was moving to New York, so she wanted to do all these things. And we were there with, like, her cousin, whose birthday it was, and, like, all these people. It was great. And um, they interview every single person that oh, goes do? to a taping for The Price is Right. It's around, like, 300 people in the audience. So they go, and uh, the guy just kind of, like, asks you questions. And you kind of don't really – you can try to prep, like, what your answer is going to be, but he asks people different things. Yeah. So we got to me, and he was like, where are you from? And I was like, L.A. He's like, are you – are you a valley girl? And I was like, totally. I was just hamming it up like a total cheese ball. And then he goes, and then he's like, what's your favorite game to play? And I freaked out. I blanked because I don't really watch the show like that. Like, I know what the show is, but I'm not a super fan. And so then I like paused and I was like, I just want to spin the wheel. <laughs> and he was like, okay. And then he keeps going down. And then he's like, if you get called to stage, just follow the person in the red coat in the red jacket and i was like okay and everyone's like you're getting picked and i was like no he's just doing that to be nice because i'm in a wheelchair he doesn't want to make me feel left out you know but then at every stage like going into the studio because they hold you hostage for like three to four hours yeah no food no water they take away your phones they do yeah Oh my god, that's like when I really <laughs> when I'm you like, start to panic, you're like, oh what? my god, Wait, what is time? Is this CBS lot? Mm-hmm. Okay. CBS, the one on Fairfax. On Fairfax, oh. yeah. Okay, keep going. So, um, at every stage, someone's just like, if you get picked, like follow the person in the red jacket, and I was just like, no, they're just me and nice to me, and uh, they're about to start, and. I had, like, moved my... Everyone gets a sticker with their name, and I, like, moved it to, like, the middle of my shirt, like, because I just... I had my hair long, and I was like, it'll be in the middle, and my hair is down. The crystals were making you uncomfortable. The the crystals were working. The crystals in your bra, they were working. They were working. They were clearly working that day. Um, But then, like, a producer comes up to me, they're like, move your hair off of your shoulder and put this new tag on. And I was like, what? And then they started, and I was the first name call. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) It was so much fun. But I was like on contestants row the entire 
You're on what? The contestants row. So like once you get down to the prices right, there's three contestants and you guess on an initial you get you guess the cost of an initial item to get onto stage and then like to play for a showcase and then the winners of that spin a wheel and then the winner of that gets to like the final showcase showdown. So there's like multiple levels. But I was on contestants row the whole episode. I didn't get onto stage until the last possible chance I could to get on stage. And we had to redo that twice because everyone overbid. Okay. And then I got on the stage and they're like, you're playing for a treadmill and a walk-in sauna. <laughs> and I'm in a wheelchair and do not have feet. So oh the audience kind of freaked out, but the internet freaked out in a, in a different and amazing way. <laughs> But, okay, so this is on television. Mm-hmm. Do they have the choice not to, do they have the opportunity not to air the episode or is it live? No, I mean, they film, they film about two to three episodes a day. Like, it's a really tight ship. So we filmed it back in March, but it didn't air until May. And they were like, you're not legally allowed to, like, tweet or write anything. All you can say is, like, you were in an audience yeah. for The Price is Right. And, um so then it aired and I just honestly thought it was just going to be like a fun, silly thing. Cause I do stand up comedy in LA and it's like, Oh, something my friends will make fun of and we'll joke about. And, yeah. it's not. and then like, I like my friend Madison Shepard, like my best friend, um, and comedy producing partner. Oh, wait for which show? Thigh, Thigh Gap, Gap Comedy. Thigh Gap Comedy. And gentrification. And we do you up together. A lot of shows around LA, but, um, she, she called me and she's like, my cousin just called me and said she saw you on The Price is Right. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. And then I went home and like my roommate had DVR'd it and we watched it and I like posted like a few little videos of it. And then all of a sudden my Twitter was getting blown up and like this tell, woman. Tell us what you tweeted. Oh, so funny. I was like, oh, I, I, I took a picture of myself like on stage of The Price is Right, just like my mouth agape, just like in horror at the prizes being offered to me. It's like when you win a treadmill on national television and don't have feet <laughs> oh my god okay so then a woman this is hilarious it's too perfect okay yeah and so then like a woman at like cnn is like trying to reach out to me and like people magazine i got interviewed by bbc you did i did this guy at the bbc interviewed me it was totally nuts and then like um jimmy kimmel lives producers reached out to me i watched that that was hilarious okay so yeah take me through that so you're on bbc did you go on cnn i didn't like go on it but they just like they interviewed me and they like published articles like online yeah and the same with people magazine and like the kimmel thing happened it was so funny this like publicist for cbs called me she's like so your episode's getting a lot of attention if you need help with anything i was like yeah i'm going on jimmy kimmel live i'm like yeah. I was like, I'm being interviewed by people. I was like <laughs> screaming in the phone, like, yeah. She was like, okay. <laughs> oh my God. But um, Kimmel's producers were great. They were really fun. They like, so they called me and they just like walk through the story with me, like, make sure everything is like kosher. Cause like sometimes, you know, people like you hear about things yeah. and it's not really like what you think it's going to be. And so they're like, okay, no, this is great. So tomorrow, come to, come to the studio, four o'clock. And I was like, okay, like, do I need to prep anything? They're not, not just come. And I like got to bring like three of my best friends and we get there and I like, there was no like hair or makeup or costume. Are you or serious? Anything. Yeah, no, but I like, I admit, I was like, I brought like all of my makeup, my, when my roommate was with me, he like makes costumes for drag queens and works with queens. So it's like, everyone's like beating my face, yes! trying to get this blowout straight, make it happen. 
uh, I had like a sequin, uh, like a gold sequin body contrast for my 30th birthday. I was like, I'm ready. I'm camera ready. I'm ready to go. (laughs) They didn't know. They didn't know that when they like asked me to be there at four that I was like, oh, this is a Mariah Carey production. I don't know if you're aware of that. (laughs) It all goes back to Mariah Carey. So they didn't, they weren't telling me anything. And I was like, what are we doing? Oh my gosh. And so they're like, okay, you're going to be kind of at the beginning of the episode. So once we open these doors, just roll to Jimmy Kimmel, just like roll out to Jimmy Kimmel and engage with him. And I was like, uh, okay. And he sits down with me and he interviews me and he like plays the clip and he asks me to do a like mock price is right where I guess the price of peanut butter. And I guess like $5. I don't know. You guess that. And you didn't even, you don't even like peanut butter. No, I don't like like peanut butter. He called me un-American because I don't like peanut butter. I like Nutella. He's like, it doesn't matter. You get to win. And then he had these two women like, like Price is Right showcase girls they show out this like wheelchair accessible cruise, wheelchair accessible pool and sauna, wheelchair accessible accommodations. It was just like so funny. It was so nice. And where did the cruise go? And did you go on the cruise? I haven't gone on the cruise yet. It's to the Caribbean. Wait a minute. I when know. when were you on Jimmy Kimmel? In 2015. When in 2015? In May. It's May 6th. Tw- and it's 2017 now. I know. It's we're on the precipice of April 2017. <laughs> Why have you not gone on this cruise? I've been, well, I was waiting for the treadmill to be delivered because I want to do like a show where I auction off the treadmill for charity and then we like pick someone to go on the cruise with me. Just like have other comedians like Rose because I get to bring one other person. Wait a minute. I, are you inviting me? Because that is the nicest thing a podcast guest has ever offered me. You know what? (laughs) I accept. Okay. Wait, you've not gotten the treadmill? No, I got the treadmill. Okay. But and then the I got, sauna? Not the sauna. I need what? to call CBS and figure out where oh, the sauna is. You know what would be funny if we just call them right now? <laughs> They're just like, we're going to put you on hold indefinitely. Should we call them? <laughs> I don't think anyone's really going to answer. <laughs> Wait, what's the number for CBS? Aristotle, um, do something. How can we never look anything up for me? You're always looking stuff up for Pete Holmes. <laughs> and Todd Glass. When it comes, is this because I'm a woman? Never. You would never look something up for a woman is what you just said? That's what he said. I think that's what he said. Wait, how do you that's... how do you call CBS? Well, they have like they have like a prize line for the prices, right? Because See? they give out so many prizes. I think it would be funny to call them. I don't think I have their number on this phone. I have it on my old one. I don't know how updates and phone work so I have like all my old phones and I kind of have to like keep them charged sporadically to like look up prices. past information. Oh. <laughs> I'm an organized woman. The price is right. Oh, so you were on when Drew, Drew Carey hosts that yeah, show? Yeah, Drew Carey host. Drew Carey was really funny. He was just like business as usual. Really? <laughs> yeah, everyone had like, fuck. I mean, he like either like didn't care or just had like a very in- like sincere poker face. But like everyone there just acted like it was business as usual. They were like, are you excited you won? You won prizes. I was like, yeah, that's cool. I, I love mean, winning. This is absurd though. When did you get the uh, the treadmill? I got the treadmill last year like i got the treadmill last year for sure yeah i'm because it like um the earliest they're gonna get anything to you is like 90 days from your air date because they just give out so many prizes i mean i'm really looking for this number i can get you the number we can call cbs later really mm-hmm. it's like in my phone somewhere and i just don't know how exciting like me scrolling through my phone is i know it's on, on, i'm doing that right now and it's, and it's not fun <laughs> i found one number but well i'm just gonna try this number just to see 
Oh my gosh. Just because. This is ridiculous. It's 2017. It's time for the Price is Right Play at Home game, where you could win our biggest jackpot ever, $4,000 cash. Ooh, First, that's not guess nice. the price of today's featured item, and win or lose, you are automatically... I'm out of here. I don't feel good about this. Okay, <laughs> so you're waiting on the you're waiting on the, on the sauna. Now we're both scrolling on our phones, like, trying to figure this shit out. We're terrible. <sighs> we're just terrible people. Um. So, yeah. So where would you auction off? Like, who would you do that with? Where you'd put, make a show? I wanted to do it at the improv. Yeah. Yeah, I love the improv. Because I go up there. That's the club I go up the most at. Oh, really? So. Mm-hmm. Oh, where are all the clubs you perform at? Um, I performed here at Meltdown. I performed at the Comedy Store, UCB. Yeah. And, yeah, those are the ones in L.A. How did you get into comedy? Oh, and, yes, I watched so many of your videos. I read your Refinery29 Refinery profile. Thank uh, you. I watched your dating video and I'm going <laughs> to get to that for sure. I'm gonna, so, oh, and what I liked about, I mean, you tell me your thoughts on this. With the Refinery29 um, uh, story they did about you, mm-hmm. when the interview they did, and then they, oh, they wrote, oh God, where is this thing? Oh, so they did a, Refinery29 did a feature on Danielle and it was about, you know, amazing, badass women with disabilities, but they used the term differently abled yeah i don't love that term. that's what i was i was like i was like really like saying that and using it and i was just like i'm disabled disabled is not a slur yeah it's not an offensive word it's just it's a descriptor for what my experience i'm a disabled person yeah it's not a judgment on me it's just the reality that in like our world and the way society is laid out I have a disability that needs to be accommodated for in yeah. order for me to like fully participate. So, so yeah, I thought, I but yeah, was... that's a little, I don't, it's just like, it's interesting because like, I feel like that's very much like, and that's part, like I, I know some people. Don't now. look at my notes. Stop looking I'm at my like, notes. Oh my God, you're fully peeking. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, um, like my friend, Carolyn Garrick, she's amazing. Uh, she's a huge disability activist and disabled rights activist. And like, uh, this idea of like nothing for us without us where it's like you need to look to the marginalized group or the minority group and ask like what are the terms they're using what are the terms that they are creating for themselves and like something like special needs or differently abled is not something created by disabled people it's created by able-bodied people trying to make themselves feel better i'm so glad we're talking about this yeah because when i was reading it and also it is for me or for or anybody it's like you want to know like what's the most respectful way to approach this conversation and i want to be accommodating and i want to make uh, and then i'm reading the refinery 29 thing and i was like this term just feels like refinery 29 is trying a little hard to be cool and they're rephrasing shit for themselves i don't yeah so Did I lose you again in texting? Where, no, where are you I'm going? just trying to make this Insta cute. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm making it cute. Oh my god! Did you tag me? I'll, I'll. Oh, you don't have to. It's okay. I just, I'll, I'll find it as long as I'll I text find it. To you. She's gonna text me, you guys. It's all good. It's all good. So, okay, so that's good. All right. So, yeah, they did a feature on you, and did you tell them you didn't like that? No, I didn't really like. I didn't know what the title of the article was going to be. Oh, was it called Differently Abled? It's like nine stunning. It's like 
photos of differently abled women enjoying the beach or how they take back the beach. But it's like in the title. Yeah. If you look it up and I'm like, "Eh," but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I didn't really, I didn't have super strong feelings about it. I, I don't know. Like it was just, I think the fact that like all the women that they interviewed and profiled also just use like as a disabled woman or, you know, they, in their own words are saying they're disabled and they're not saying differently abled. So I think that that like brings across the point, you know, but like, yeah. yeah, And all the questions they ask, like as a differently abled and I'm like, as a disabled person. Oh God, I got to, Oh my God. Yeah. And I just also, they kept asking you about the beach and you like kind of made it clear. You're like, I love the beach, but like it's kind of a hassle sometimes in the sand and whatever. And I felt a little, I was a little like, they wouldn't stop though. I was like enough, but the whole thing was about the beach, I suppose. But I was like, the whole campaign is take back the beach. And so, when I like asked me to do it, I was like, sure. And I was like, but then I was like, oh, but I don't really like the beach. And I was a little nervous. And I like talked to um, some of the the people there that were like producing the the article and the photo shoot and everything. And I was I expressed to them like I was nervous because I didn't want to seem like Anti-bay. ungrateful or like or like, yeah, like I'm shitting on the beach when the whole thing is like the beach. And they were like, no, just be real about your experiences because that's what people want to know. And like people don't really think about that. And yeah. so like. I think it like for them it was it allowed me to create awareness of yeah. like what just like the reality and the struggles are and all the other women were like yeah the beach is a pain in the ass we don't really like the beach all that much either yeah <laughs> I didn't read about anybody else <laughs> no thanks are you my podcast nope um well then I watched your dating video um wait let me make sure I, I'm saying the the name of the video. I'm like this is I've never recorded in here and it's I feel so lazy. I'm on a couch. You're just you're you're I'm living your Mary Carrie best life. I am living my okay. Oh, dating when you use a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So that also they kind of did a stinky thing with it too. Where Buzzfeed. Like, yeah, it was like I thought it was like dating when you use a wheelchair, and that's like what the title card says. And was like, it not that? that? Well, when you go on their website it, and and on their YouTube, it's like struggles of dating when you use a wheelchair. And I was like, why do you have to make everything a struggle? Why is oh. everything got to be like so dramatic? Yeah. But anyway. But did you write all of it and like your? Yeah. 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 Me and the director, we pretty much like beat it out all the different scenes and yeah. Yeah. Well, so tell me about, okay. So are you single? I am single. I'm very single. I'm single too. (laughs) Aristotle here is the only person in a relationship. He's been in a relationship for what is it? 12 years? Seven Seven, years. But I see no ring. Aristotle, what's going on? What's there? going on, Aristotle? I've already I actually been talking about this with him. Like before you got here, so he's probably like, Aristotle. he's had enough. Um, so yeah, what does that look like when you're dating and like, because I it was because you're dealing with real. It was a comedy video. It's funny, but I just was like, oh, God. they wouldn't let me do this one thing because they were worried about like insurance and stuff. But I really wanted to do one where it's like worried about the insurance. guy pushes me and like because the whole thing like part of the video is like. I'm fine with people pushing me. I love when people push me, but like ask, like, cause your wheelchair is like, it's part of your personal space. It's a medical device. Like if you are a stranger, right. Or like a first date and I don't know you and just start pushing me, like I'm yeah. going to kind of freak out. Like, that's not cool. That's why I offered no help. Cause you I'm know, on your side and I, I respect you. Thank you for respecting that. I'm a strong independent woman that don't need no man, you know, of the nineties and <laughs> just a Maxine waters over here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh 
but like I wanted him to like push me so that I hit a bump and almost fall out and they were like so like no no if you really fall it's gonna be bad I'm like it'll be so good though yeah they were so worried I was like oh I fall out of it all the time people I was like people do that all the time they do where they get overzealous about pushing me and they're like I want and it's like you need to there's a learning curve with this This and they get overexcited and I hit something and I fall out and it's you know and I've definitely been on first dates where I'm you know wrapped up in like talking to this person and i it's dark and i don't really see the crack in the street and i fall out and it's like you <laughs> fall out of the wheelchair I fall, I've, I've had that happen and it's like you can just like see like all sexual attraction and interest just like fade <laughs> from a man that was like into you just only a moment ago it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to witness oh and experience. God. Well, oh, actually, I watched another video after I watched that, the uh, dating when you're in a wheelchair video. And then, I, and then it was this, this like, Q&A with a different woman who's a comedian in a wheelchair. Santina. She's, yeah, she's great. I Okay. Well, I, I didn't remember her name. And she, she was talking about how she was likening it to, you know, she said, you know, please, I'd love for you to push me, but please ask first because yeah. that would be like if you just like jumped on my back and I'm like, I'm without asking me to give you a piggyback ride or something. Like, it just, it's or if like, like you just like pick someone up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just like be respectful of personal space. But uh, I mean, I have so many questions for you and I'm just lounging sure. on this fucking yeah, no, please. couch over way. here. Oh, yeah. So are all the things in the video, I mean, do you truly like, because you, you touch on like, fetishist like where guys yeah, are like devotees are crazy devotee. okay so tell me break it down for my audience who then they'll watch the video themselves but also it's like we have you here tell me what you run into you know well devotees i've only i i've mostly run into them online but did experience my first devotee in real life and that was truly terrifying um but devotees are people that fetishize disabled people especially those with amputations and it's just like it's a really creepy fetish like it's man the, the way some guys try to spin it especially on online dating oh my because like on my profiles like i have full body pics i say i'm disabled i say i'm an amputee like you know i it's online dating you got to be honest they're gonna find out eventually what i'm not trying on? to trick someone what do you want you're on okay cupid I was on like OkCupid and Tinder, but I deleted all my online dating apps. Oh, that's good. I've deleted all of them and replaced them with food delivery apps. Really? Because I am living a full life. Me oh. too. I'm gonna do that too. I, I'm yeah. Why, why did you do that though? Because you because you want to meet people in person. Because that's yeah. Why I, did I just kind of got tired of online because online dating isn't really. I don't think it's really set up for like someone like me. I'm fat. I'm in a wheelchair. I'm disabled, and I'm an amputee. When people are online dating, they're thinking about this idealized version of what they deserve. You know what I mean? People are kind of thinking about like. I want the prettiest girl who fits this like ideal body type. And like, it doesn't like my profiles were very good. All right. I bet they were. I'm a comedian. I'm funny. I'm cool. I'm a dope person. But like, I'd either get like super losers messaging me that think that like I could do no better than them or anytime like I'd reach out to anyone that like seemed cool or interesting, like just no response. And I was just like, it's, I can just meet people in real life. Yeah, also, I, mean, I could just not focus on this and focus on trying to make myself better, which I really need. I need work in that. I mean, I think we all <laughs> we do. All but, do uh, you know? but also, yeah, that is like a secret trick for everybody where it's like, I tell myself that where it's like, when you're not thinking about it, yeah. it, you, it, it finds you. Yeah. But okay, so I want to know like what nightmares you run into and you're talking about devotees and all that yeah. stuff. 
And then I also want to put a pin in this, but the, you know, but about guys who come up to you after you, after they see you do your comedy. Because... Oh, guys don't hit on me after they do comedy. They only hit on me before I do comedy because then they realize, because after they, I do comedy, then they realize I'm funny and they're like, oops, no. Oh my God. So you think men don't like a strong, funny woman? Talk to female comedians. Yeah. We don't really get hit on after we do our sets. We'll get hit on before. <laughs> you know what? That's so funny because I, yeah, I, I've dated a lot of guys where we're just- They're intimidated. Like, yeah, where it's like I, I think th- I'm always shocked because I think a guy will like a really like strong, driven woman mm-hmm. who's going after a, a a career and all this stuff. And I'm so shocked to learn that even tw- in 2017 mm-hmm. that it's like, oh no, they they don't love that. Yeah, they, they're threatened or like or, that's the thing that's like when you got yeah when you're kind of a bummer about it. Yeah, yeah, it's, you would think I would think yeah because like you ask male comedians and it's like oh they get. I get swarm with pussy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they have a hot set. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Or they Dodging could, it. Or they could say the most outlandish, horrible shit. Like I was at the comedy store the other day watching all these guy comedians. Only one female comedian on the bill, Annie Letterman. And I was oh, just, she's so funny. She's so funny. She's been Were on the show before. you there on Tuesday? I was there on Sunday. And okay. she was like the last person who went up. It was like a happy surprise. She was visiting mm-hmm. from New York. And uh, but I was just, like watching all these guys, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like the, the, these, mis- I mean, they're funny, but then these misogynists, yeah. and like they're saying all this crazy shit. But and I could still see myself. I mean, not me personally, but maybe the old me or other women in the audience just being mm-hmm. like, "Well, he said that, and he's kind of outlined. He's kind of horrible, but like, he's just, I just like he's him." So broken in a cute way. Yeah. Whereas that does not happen for a woman. It's just like, anyway. Okay. So you're saying men don't come up to you after you do stand up? Yeah. So, but then, so with dating. online dating, yeah. No, I deleted them. I just was like, I've online dating's been a mixed bag, and I just like. I'm I'm okay meeting people in real life. I'm okay deleting them on my phone. Like it's just it's like another thing to distract me from like doing like the real work of like trying to figure out who I am and like make myself a better person. I don't know. I really need to figure that out. Ooh. I'm like having a Well, who are you? What are you working on? I don't know, on? but like moon is rising or what's in like my What do you what orbit. are you noticing? What are you noticing? Like what's coming up? I don't know. Well, I know. I think like for sure like uh I do seek, like, a lot of, like, validation, like, from men. And, like, so I think that's part of it where it's, like, I don't really need to be going out on dates with, like, just random guys. Yeah. It's probably not. Like, I need to, like, find validation in my own life and self, you know? Yeah. We're getting so deep. No, I'm just, like, thinking. <laughs> I'm going to say I didn't. Yeah, I had to take a break where I didn't have sex or make out or flirt or interact. Yeah, or have I'm any... thinking of, like, taking a break from, like, actually from, like, having sex with guys, too. It was the greatest thing and I, I just was like oh good because it's crazy I, I I don't know I just got like so much more grounded in myself and then I realized like because when I I don't know I think it's all for all women it's all you know in different ways you know I don't know it's just uh I hide behind dating or it's just amazing how much I give myself away and then you can't focus on your yeah. career and you lose yourself to like and I'm definitely a like a person in like a relationship I haven't had like many they've all been like very like I've only had, like, two real boyfriends, and those were each, like, five months. And, like, I definitely... One was before I started doing comedy, and one was, like, when I was a comedian, or when I had already started doing comedy. So, but I've noticed in both of them, I really try to mold myself into being, like, someone that they really are gonna like and it's like no that's exhausting yeah i'm done with that yeah you know you know it's an amazing thing this is what i'm trying to do i'm speaking for myself i just got of a fucking dysfunctional weird fucked up thing that i'm like traumatized from 
and I'm thinking, I'm I'm done. I don't want to date again. I'm going to take another break. Mm-hmm. And it's such a, it's just you relieve yourself of so much pressure when you're like, oh, I don't have to worry about trying to find a dude to fuck me or love me or make out with or, or yeah. to, to wait for his text or whatever. It's like, oh my yeah. God, if you just eliminate that. I, uh, I'm, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to wax. I, uh, I'm totally. not, not yeah, worried about it. You don't have to wax. You're focused on your career stuff. And it's all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, cause it's so incredible how like when, even when there's a guy in your life and you're waiting for him to text, how that can ruin an otherwise joyous experience with your girlfriends where you're just like hanging yeah, out. You're just like checking but your phone. You're constantly. just like a you're... piece of you is missing because you're incomplete because you're worried if the guy is going to like, <laughs> is like coming for as uh, Yeah. Anyway, but, uh. I like started do the last guy I was kind of like seeing, I like started doing this thing where I just like, I. I had to delete the whole conversation oh, if I sent a text because I was like, otherwise I'm going to text again and I'm going to freak out like that last one. I, I don't know. I was like, really just that I think is what like made me realize like, okay, Danielle, you need to stop with boys because you're like putting all of this stuff on a person that like likes you, but like it's made it clear they're not looking for a relationship and you need to like get over that validation that you need from just men like it's not about him not liking you it's about just like dudes in general and yeah. you need to like move away from that well so what do you want what's the goal for you in your whole life like yeah your whole life yeah no. whole, oh man yeah tell me now we're <laughs> <laughs> here right now exclusive again exclusive. uh be a female andy cohen no. <laughs> yeah oh my god I love him. Is he so irritating but also wonderful? Because I love amazing. him. He's amazing. I love him. But I, he's hosting the new Love Connection. He. Oh yes. He is. What channel will that be on? Because I have no real TV. I, I just don't have know. Hulu and Amazon. But they're shooting at CBS. They but are. I, but I don't think it's a CBS show. I don't oh my god. That's where we both decide to go on there and find our true love. We're like, you're like, yeah. We're like, we just renounce men. Forget it. And then I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing here? I'm like, I don't know. I thought I'd give this a chance. Andy Cohen's the host. I just want to hang out with a constellation of reality TV stars and housewives. You know what? <laughs> Invite you- them into my clubhouse for cocktails would you be a housewife i would love to be a housewife do which one like a real housewife yes yeah i would no like a real like like on a show the real house okay good me too good we're on the same page here oh yeah (laughs) because i I would like to be in beverly hills because they have real money but i would also be in new york oh my god who are your favorite housewives no me first uh (laughs) me leaks Wait, no, who are your favorite housewives? I love Lisa Vanderpump. I believe that her and Ken are so happy. Don't you feel like like that's what I want? Poor Ken, just always shuffling around. But he loves he adores, her. He loves her. He adores her they, so much. They, they're a united front. They never they stray. Are. Yeah, I know. Okay. So he's always got her back. I love Lisa Vanderpump. He's not gay, right? Everybody kind of says he's well, gay sometimes. I mean, he's European. Like, I don't know. He is not gay. I heard Sharon Osbourne's... No. No, yeah, I heard Sharon Osbourne saying something on somewhere. About him so being what, gay. Yeah, alluding I mean, to that. I'm like, no, no, no. Sharon, why don't you stop being jealous? <gasps> why don't you stop being jealous of her? Burn. Oh, my God. But uh, How's he Osbourne? I mean, that man is catatonic. Yeah. He's barely standing. Oh, my God. We're going to have to delete all of this. <laughs> Shout out to the Osbournes. We don't usually shit that. This is, not, this is not The Read, but I love that podcast. I love The Read. Oh, my, oh my God. God. I was listening to The Read on my way here. I can't believe. Oh, oh, my God. I just got turned on to it, and I love it. But I love it when they talk shit about white people, because I'm like, I know. We're the worst. That's what I was just telling Aristotle, where I was like, I deserve this. We all deserve this. We white people, we're the worst. <laughs> oh, my God. But uh, Kid Fury. Kid Fury is so great. And he is gay? Mm-hmm. I have such He's a crush gay, on him. He's gay, and is gay as well. She is? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's where, amazing. Where do it's, we, a, it's a great show. Where do we go from here? Oh, I was binge watching Atlanta yesterday. I just I think I watched like ten episodes in a row. Oh, that's amazing. Season eight. But what's your favorite 
Uh, you like Beverly Hills. I love Beverly Hills. Oh. I like Atlanta and I like New York. Those are my favorite franchises. Yeah. NeNe Leakes, living for NeNe Leakes. Oh my God, she's the greatest. Yeah. Also, love, hate Phaedra Parks because Phaedra is just such a mess. I love I mean, Phaedra. She is so messy. <laughs> if my baby, if and when I have a baby, if my baby isn't like Aiden, <laughs> I'm just throwing that kid in a dumpster, okay? Because baby Aiden is the most charming. I mean, I was in tears. I'm. I've got to catch up, but I'm only on season eight. Mm-hmm. What was that? Did you hear that sound effect, everybody? Does that, does that, is time up? No. <laughs> Are our ovaries cooked? Are our ovaries done? Is it too warm in here that we're like getting too relaxed? I feel like I'm sweating. I'm, I could take a nap at any minute and I'm just getting too comfortable talking to you about Real Housewives. <laughs> and I'm telling you about me more than talking. Like, okay, sorry. <laughs> Are you okay? The interviewer has become the interviewer. No, I don't want to do that. Okay, I'm just making sure. Um, But where were we before I went on this uh, tangential? tangent. Uh, Oh, I mean, you were asking about devotees. I mean, the whole path we got down was devotees. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know that Neil Strauss, the guy who wrote The Game, do you know that book? Yes. So I read his newest book. It's called The Truth. Why did you do that to yourself? Because I interviewed him for the podcast. He's like my third guest. I know. But that book, The Truth, where he's trying to confront himself and everything he's going through. Yeah, because he's like a reform PUA. Pickup artist. Pickup artist. I'm I'm familiar with the PUA scene. I saw that VH1 show with mystery. When you make me laugh, it's such a deep laugh that it's silent. It's like, <laughs> that's what's going down. Also, I have a, everybody who can't see because it's an auditory experience that's happening right now. I have a pillow over my stomach to muffle the sound of, of uh, your stomach, a potential stomach growls because oh. they're like weird growls. They're like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> they're like bizarro growls. Um. Okay. Oh, well. So Neil Strauss found out that his dad he found a secret videotape um that belonged to his father of women with limbs that were not the same length and he was a devotee and that's how he chose neil's mom is his mom like an amputee i think i think so i don't know all the i don't know all the details i read the book a while ago but I think the mom didn't know that. The mom didn't know that he was a devotee. That he was a devotee. And then she oh. discovered this videotape. Oh, God. And she never told her husband that she knew why he was secretly attracted to her. But then Neil found the videotape. Oh, and so then the mom went, you found it. Now we can talk about it. I can't talk about it with your father. And so she had this enmeshed relationship with her son, with Neil, which is probably one why. Just, so- whoa, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. So that's an electric complex. So I thought I'd be touch on that for a moment. You know, okay. But so you've met these guys online or where, wherever. Well, yeah. So devotee, I mean, they, they really just try to spin it. Cause I always got like messages from them, like explaining what a devotee, like I'm a devotee or do you date devotees? And they always try to spin it. Like, you know, it's like having a preference for blondes or a foot fetish or being an ass man. It's like, no, it's totally not. It's like, a, it's like a complete dehumanization of like who I am as a person. Yeah. Like it's, really fucking creepy because it's like i don't exist like that one time so i met devotee in real life i was on a comedy show this guy was on it with me and uh you know he was like older and hitting on me i was like i don't care whatever buy me a drink like i don't you know i was laughing at it kind of and then um we go outside and he's like you're beautiful you're sexy 
And the fact that you don't have feet really does it for me. And I was like, whoa, because I never met a devotee in real life. And I was just like, oh, this is frightening. Like, this is totally not okay. Did I engage with him further? Of course I did. Did you make out with him? I did. You uh, did? <laughs> I'm, oh a, I'm a terrible person. I just was, I was just like, you know, it's like, ooh, the let's walk down this path and hopefully you don't die. Like, and then you can live to tell about it. Yeah. Like, Oh, I was, yeah, no, it I've, was not, it was not. I mean, I, but when did it get weird? And you don't have to go there. Feel, of course. No, you don't I mean, anything it got, it. like, I mean, it was, it was like always weird. But then like, I met up with him, like in a dark bar at daylight, like in he just dark like wouldn't stop pastoring. He was like in my DMS. I was like, wouldn't let it go. And I was just like, Oh, fine. I'll meet up with you. Okay. Let's go to this dark bar in noon i won't know anyone i could day drink and you know maybe numb myself enough to like do this jesus christ and we were like getting hot and heavy in a booth but it wasn't it wasn't like the fact that was he was a devotee i mean that really significantly freaked me out it was the fact that he wouldn't stop talking about his one-man show oh jesus it's like you can't talk about your one-man show and try to finger me in this booth Ah! in this bar (laughs) it's not working so oh my god I i couldn't even uh, <laughs> I couldn't even. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, but devotees are totally creepy. I don't like. I I really um, I really do think that it's something similar to pedophilia, where there's just like uh, it's just like a complete dehumanization of like what that person is. You know, it's such yeah. a. I don't know if attraction's the right word it's like a compulsion do you know what i mean yeah like i mean no but i'm I don't, learning yeah do you know yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah yeah no i get it where it's like where it's like it's not about this are. person it's not about how they look it's really not about anything other than the fact that they're missing these things yeah or missing parts of their body like i wonder if uh, he could even hear you or any of the words right it's like, it's, like I feel, it's like he wasn't really looking at me he wasn't really seeing me like it did it was, it was weird yeah it's like a cartoon it was when, really yeah when your head turns into a piece of steak and somebody's really and there are the wavy mm-hmm. lines it's like it doesn't matter what yeah they're going yeah. after their one it's not like that at all actually but you know whatever okay <laughs> oh my god yeah that's uh it's weird because yeah, that's a whole other level. It's, it's different yeah. than like genuinely liking someone and then they like just happen to be disabled or they happen to have missing limbs, you know? Yeah. And being like, well, I just like like this whole person. Oh, my God. Know. That was creepy. I, so, yeah, I don't really I don't like devotees. I'm not really about devotees. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's creepy. Pivoting from that. <laughs> How did you get into comedy and when? I got into comedy in um, fall of 2014. So I've been doing it almost three years, like two and a half years. And what made you get into comedy? I was palling around with my BFF, Miss Madison Shepard. I've known her. All your other friends' hearts sink. They're like, what? Everyone knows. Well, I mean, I have, like Mindy Kaling said, best friend is a tear. Okay. It's a tear. It's a tear. It's a tear. <laughs> All right. But um, so Madison, I've known her since uh, I it was 
back in the day, I used to throw America's Next Top Model viewing parties. You did? Yes. I would invite people over for two black chuck and wine and cheese and crackers. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we met during season two when one of our mutual friends brought her, brought her over. That's a long time ago. They're yeah. on like season 57 We've right known now. each other for like, oh, my, like for... I, yeah, a long time. For a long, we're, I think it's like um, almost fifteen years, probably. Oh, I love having friends. Yeah, yeah. like that. That's nice I met her when I was time. like twenty, yeah. and I'm gonna be like thirty three. So like a while. So um, I'll let you do the math. You okay, know? <laughs> let your listeners do the math. <laughs> you so thought you weren't gonna be challenged and think? <laughs> you thought wrong. You thought wrong. Uh, so um, she always was uh an actress she went to conservatory conservatory in london she went to lake county high school for the arts she actually went to high school with my sister like so it's like i've always known her as like an actress and creative and she was living in hollywood with her roommate jeremy craven and he's a comedian and we started going to a lot of his stand-up shows and by like the third one i was like i can do this yeah you're funny <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I can have you always been this this is who you are and then you just were like I, of course you have to become a comedian because you've always been this funny i just didn't really know like i didn't really I, this is a funny thing. I met like a comedian years ago. Like I was like 24 and I used to go to like this bar in Silver Lake all the time and like go there for happy hour and day drink. And some guy told me he was a comedian and I just laughed. I was like, that's not a real job. Oh, and then like I hooked up with him and then I found out I was like, oh, he's been on like late night. And then like now it's like I do comedy and like <laughs> he like did my show and I was like, I'm a comedian now. That's amazing. <laughs> it's a real job. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I was just like, oh, this seems fun. And then um, I hit her up like, I don't know, what do we do? Do we take a class or do we just go to open mics? And she knew Melinda Hill. Oh, okay. And Melinda Hill had a stand-up comedy class. So we went to it. And that first day we had a writing exercise. And then that first week I went to an open mic. And I was just like, I love this so much. So you liked the comedy class. Did you like it? It was good. I mean, it was like, I think that... I don't think you need to take a comedy class for stand-up comedy. That's kind of the whole thing is like you just go. But I think um, it was nice to be in a space where I got real feedback mm -hmm. um, because it was small. It was like Melinda Hill, Madison, I, and then two other women who were also actresses. So everyone there was pretty much an actress that was like learning it. Like, like I want to do it for my resume or I just want to challenge myself and have another skill. And I was like, I don't know. It seems fun. Yeah. <laughs> but... It was just good to have writing prompts given to you that you worked on in class, then presented like it was a stand-up set, and then just get that feedback of people saying, I liked this. I want to hear more about that. I think that was funny. Oh, maybe you could add a callback or a tag here and there to get those initial notes because otherwise what you happens is you go to open mics and the feedback is people laugh or they didn't. Mm -hmm. And to start out and kind of have that, it was a really short course. It was like, I think only four or six weeks, but that was good. I mean, I still like she, Melinda was like, you have to go to open mics. Some people are like, don't go to open mics. Really? It's really crazy. Yeah. I've heard about what are they people do? going to comedy classes and people saying, don't go to mics, which I think is insane. And like, it was like, you're getting ripped off. But she was like, you have to go to open mics. They're like the gym. You write down your jokes that you're going to do and you know who's laughing when they're laughing to test them out. Yeah. And so, yeah, that week I started going to open mics and didn't stop. And I really loved it. 
So it was a positive experience. Like, I don't think I needed to take a class, but I think it was like a good way to really like understand because also too, when I was like going to open mics, it was like, I, there was a little bit of confidence in me where it's like, I'm doing it somewhere else, you know? Yeah. And I'm doing it now in front of strangers. I don't know. Doing yeah. it in front of strangers never really scared me. I mean, not that I never got scared doing open mics, but like, that is one thing about being disabled. And I didn't really notice it until I talked. There's this um, comedian in Denver, Colorado, Christy Bukley. She's super funny and she's disabled. She has cerebral palsy. And uh, we were, I was on her podcast and we were kind of talking about it where it's like, oh, I didn't realize that part of the reason that I feel like I'm comfortable on stage, like there was less of a hurdle to jump about. I'm not worried about people looking at me because I feel like people are always looking at me. I've learned to really kind of shut that down, like being in a wheelchair and being disabled looks and stares. I don't notice that as much, but if I have a new friend that I'm hanging out with, they'll notice it. They're like that person's staring or I can't believe they're looking. And so yeah. and I was like, Oh, I just, I've really tried hard not to see it because like, if I allow that to like infiltrate me and notice it, like I will, I'll never leave the house. Yeah. Like there's like just like a defensive armor that I kind of put on every day, just like existing. So it's already there uh, when I'm on stage. So I'm like more focused on like if people are laughing or not. That's so interesting. Yeah. I was going to ask you, I know in your, in your videos with the dating or in your stand up, you talk about people being like, you're so brave or you go girl. <laughs> And then I was thinking about that being like, cause I could easily be one of those people who, I mean, I would not say that, but I, but I am thinking like, if even if you weren't disabled to do comedy in front of people, I'm like, God, yeah, you're so brave. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, I think it's terrifying. Like, you know really? what I mean? But you hosted. I hosted. Comedy. I was like drunk. I mean, whatever. I was tipsy. I was terrified. <laughs> uh, and it's like, for Whitney, me, she was drunk. No, <laughs> I know. I wasn't. I wasn't. I swear to God. But it's like, I feel like a podcast, you know, I can even get shy and uncomfortable talking to a new person just in this like, uh, cozy but this is uh, such a nice intimate space that, but that's what i'm saying so it's like but i that's what i do so i i i, I, I always for me i always had to do a blog or have a podcast because it's intimate so to me anybody doing stand-up i'm like oh my god how do you do it so that's and i never would have thought that you already have the armor because you're going through life you know where people are putting their attention on you whether you want it or you don't want it um yeah it's something that i didn't i kind of didn't realize like that it was well, that what is that? What are words? What? Um, I, I think saying? it's really hot in this room. It is a little warm. It's so boiling. It's because we're hot. All, why, we're hot, but also, why is there all trying to make us suffer like this? <laughs> in this hot box. Hot boxing us. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's like an interesting thing that I didn't really notice that was happening. And now that I see it, I'm like, oh, wow, that's that's pretty great. That's kind of a great thing. So you never get nervous before you go on stage? No, I get nervous all You the do? Time. How do you not get over that? Time. I get nervous in different ways for different things. You Tell know? me about each and every one. Break it down. No, but uh, how do you get over it? Like, like, I was nervous at Catharsis Carnival. I was like pretty nervous. You, you're so calm, cool, and collected. <laughs> and and everybody else, we're all, everybody's confused. or like, uh, do you want the mic on the ground you're gonna come up on the state like everybody else is like you know what i mean like and then you're just like you owned it people you know you got to the stage you fucking and that's when i fell in love with you i was like oh my god because you're you. funny and you're like that was so tight and like just like talking about brunch and gentrification I, I love brunch brunch gentrification uh <laughs> what else are you talking about highland dicks. park dicks mariah <laughs> carey racism people calling telling you sort of brave and all this stuff um 
So, okay. Can you tell me like about, I, mean, I was reading about it in Refinery29. We you stop burping for two seconds? Sorry. Let me just talk to you like a woman. But uh, I'm a lady. Ugh. Oh, now that I'm trying to burp on purpose. Get out of here. Oh. I'm like me trying to burp into this microphone. Just like, Ugh. we don't do that here. <laughs> But uh, how old were you and what exactly, what happened? Can I? Sure, yeah. Tell me all the stuff. I mean, oh. is this okay? Yeah, I mean, no, like, of course. Listen, oh, my God. Better than the, this, this creepy Help man. me navigate this, okay? I did a show last week and this, like, creepy old man, like, he was just, he was, like, hitting on me so aggressively and, like, asking me, like, about, like, the accent and my disability and all this stuff. And I was just like, oh, my God, go away. And then he, like, asked me how old I was, and I told him I was 32, and he, like, you could see him visibly just, like, shudder of, like, how, like, grossed out he was, and he was like, I thought you were younger. And it was like, oh, you creepy old man, you thought I was younger, and now that you find out I'm older, you're like, you're grossed out? Fuck you, you piece of shit. Oh, get oh out of here. God, Please Jesus. stop telling me about your prediabetes. Like, I'm not interested. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> But, um... Being a woman on so many different levels. There's so many different ways to be a woman and to be bummed out by men. <laughs> Men and the world at large. It's just an infinite, <laughs> infinite number of ways to be bummed out yes. by men. It's like every day you discover at least 17 yeah. more. That's why I'm done. <laughs> um, but tell me what happened. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I was living in San Francisco. I was going to San Francisco State University, living my sec- mock sex in the city, Carrie Bradshaw, free life. Why mock? It sounds awesome. No, I mean, I was a, a <laughs> lot more drinking and boozing than, than writing. <laughs> oh god well you know early 20s a lot less a lot less men than her uh but um i um was living up there and so san francisco has their public transportation system is the muni and they have street cars that go above ground and below ground those are not trolleys trolleys are separate all right street car uh and so and then they also have buses so i was catching a street car by my place to meet my friend downtown and it took the light and it hit me and ran me over. So they had to lift it off. And I, had yeah. to, I was in San Francisco General for like a, a month. And then <laughs> Where were your parents? My, my parents were in L.A. Yeah. I, that's Useless. a horrible phone call to get. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> my poor parents. Uh, so, yeah, they got on a flight to San Francisco General. And um, they so... When the train hit me, my pelvis shattered and that ruptured my bladder. So they had to like open me up from like my sternum all the way down to like repair that, um, check all the organs and everything like that. And because of the nature of the accident, um, they wanted to amputate me above the knee. But if you have amputations above the knee, it's just like more limited mobility. It's a little harder with prosthetics and I would have been a bilateral, uh, that means like both legs, um, amputee, but um, because I was so young at the time and parents are like, she's healthy. She's a dancer. Let's have her. Were you a dancer? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I wasn't a dance major, but I would like, I would do, uh, I, I took ballet classes like pretty regularly through high school and, and college. So, um, I go to like Alonzo Lyons in downtown San Francisco and do classes. But then, um, I, what they ended up doing was like, okay, let's keep the limbs below the knee, but do skin grafts so that we can like finish the amputation. Cause that was the whole thing. Like there just wasn't, it was an emergency situation and there wasn't enough like tissue to like make the amputations kind of like clean. So they like prosciutto sliced. All right. <laughs> thigh meat <laughs> to like graft onto my 
residual limb. So now I have amputations below the knee. Um, and the cool thing about that is like, okay, so I'm below the knee, but uh, prosthetics have been difficult because skin grafts are not as like resistant as regular skin, you know? Okay. Also, like my tibia and fibia are very exposed on both of my limbs. So any kind of um, rubbing. On a prosthetic? Yeah. Like it just gets, it's just really sensitive to that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I tried really hard to have prosthetics and I was, you know, I had like a unlimited prescription of Vicodin and I was just like trying really hard. I never developed a problem because like I took them for pain. Yeah. But what would happen was I would take all these pills to like stay walking on my prosthetics, but then I'd get staph infections because like your body's in pain for a reason. So to be in the hospital for a week with a staph infection. And by the time I like the third one happened, I was just really like, I just got really depressed and sad because like, I just wanted to like, I was 20, 21. Like I just wanted to like be on my legs and go out and have fun with my friends and be a person and be a young person and uh your my, my body was physically telling me like actually no this isn't going to happen you know what i mean like you were kind of taught that like if you try hard enough and you believe and you go after it you can do it but it's like it, my body was straight up saying no yeah if you had had about like above the knee uh amputation would it be easier for prosthetic probably i mean that, yeah. I, i'm just yeah i'm just yeah. What do I know about any of this? Sure. This is, this no, is me I mean, navigate. yeah. And that's the thing because it would have been a planned amputation. Oh. You know what I mean? They would be able to have enough um, tissue. Oh, a planned amputation. Yeah. Because like people get amputated yeah. all the time for different reasons. And so like there's a way to make the amputation so it's more ideal for prosthetics and, and the, recovery so you're and so, mobility. You're so young at the time. You're 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So I move mean, back to LA and then, I mean, what was, I mean, you, please. And I'm sorry. I'm just oh, like, sure. I'm like, we're on a girl date and I'm asking like mm-hmm. these really intense questions about yourself, but I'm, uh, and you can just tell me, shut the fuck up. If I'm like, no, putting my not. attention, I'm an open book. I okay. told you that everything. Okay. We're, 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 Cause we can talk, you know, we're talking about like real housewives and comedy and dating <laughs> and all this stuff and devotees. And then we're, this is like, this is how we suck you in. This is how we all the trappings of a fun time gal time. I mean, but then it's getting real, but I mean, this is important. And then, you know, and then my head goes to like, because it's so weird that we even have this example is like Aviva Drescher on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which mm-hmm. was like such an interesting thing. Was you know she's uh, <laughs> my God it, when her leg gets thrown <laughs> when she when she takes it off and throws it. Yeah, how did you how did you feel about that? I, I uh, loved it. You loved it. I know. I love it. Sometimes I mean like, you don't even know how often I want to just take my wheelchair and throw it at someone. Are you talking take about me? One of the wheels and just throw it like oh, a God. ninja star. Can you imagine? Oh, oh God, I'm sure God, you just you know keep those ninja stars in a backpack. That'd be amazing. You just uh, you know ninja stars are actually illegal. Are they? Mm-hmm. I have a friend who has does a bit about it. Like two of his family members have been arrested really for illegal possession of ninja stars for illegal posi- yes. possession of ninja stars how long are they we're in their, your like lifetime sentence yeah how totally. long are they in there for oh i don't know all right let's go back to the heavy <laughs> stuff all right let's get down to the uh, oprah section the oprah portion of this uh interview conversation actually do you identify as white oprah uh are you a, are you a can you Diana, imagine if i said Diana yes lohan what dina, dina lohan? lohan she she uh she referred to she's like 
Lindsay's friends call me White Oprah. Oh my God! First of all, can you imagine if I was like, yeah, you know what? I do identify as a White Oprah. How? What an you you? I would give you permission to just like throw a fucking ninja star at my mm-hmm. at my fucking face. Like, you know, you're gonna get a rose quartz to the face. I know. But uh, okay, twenty years old, crazy time, hormonal, living your life already. If you weren't in this, you know, accident, and you're gonna be hormonal, having uh, feeling your feelings intensely. <laughs> then this happens. My fucking god, how? I mean, how did you fucking deal with that internally? Because like that's such an you know, if that doesn't change you or, or force you to conjure up some kind of internal strength to get, I mean, what what was that like? I'm oh, serious. I'm no. I feel like I blocked out a lot of it. I feel like I really shut down in terms of like emotions and feelings. I because that's already like my default. Like because I was like depressed in high school and stuff like that, and like. um my parents divorced when I was like in kindergarten and I was always the quiet one that, or not the quiet one, but like the one that was just like wanted everything to be okay. So I was like really good at kind of just like keeping my mouth shut and like disappearing a little bit. So I think, I mean, there was like a huge amount of denial for sure. I, where it was like, as long as I get these prosthetics on, then I'll be fine. Then I'll be fine. And then it's like nothing's changed. You know what I mean? Like they came to ask me about my, like the prosthetics, like uh, to talk to me about it, like in the hospital. And I was there with like my friends and family. And I was like, um, two questions. Can I be taller? And can I wear heels? And they were like, yes. And I was like, okay, then you can leave now. You like- don't have anything else to talk about. Like, please leave, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so I think there was just like a fair amount of that. I mean, I was anyone that's like, dealt with any family or friends that have gone through like an intense like medical situation I'm sure they can tell you like I was not very good to like my family and friends I was kind of like a terror um I just I yeah there was just like a lot of like protective denial behavior that I honestly I think I'm still like kind of dealing with (laughs) Well, did you get funnier as a defense mechanism? Is your sense of humor and like, because you're a comedian, like, and you know, everybody in comedy, I feel like, (laughs) me included, whatever, even though I'm not a stand-up comedian, uh, you have a horrible childhood, you suffer a horrible whatever, or uh, trauma in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. Humor is such an incredible defense. I mean, that's that's how I've navigated my life and getting over weirdness and my stuff. But uh, so do you feel like you, that was a big thing? thing to sure on or I use mean, or develop the developed oh man i don't know i don't like to coulda woulda shoulda because it's like things happen the way they happen so we have to deal with like what they are but i don't i don't know if i if the accident hadn't happened and like i just i probably i don't know i don't know if i would be a stand-up comedian i don't know if i'd be doing comedy probably not i don't I, I'm not funny because I don't have feet. I'm not, I'm funny not saying that. No, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, did you feel but, like uh, you got more vigilant, like more of like a, oh, I got really, you know, you wanted to, I don't know, like it's a defense mechanism because that can help with humor. I'm sure. not saying that you're funny because you don't oh, have feet. I wouldn't, I don't course. think that. I would never, no. yeah. Um, Our first fight. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> love spat. I love spat. Um, I think, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it helped. It helped with those defense mic because I think I've always dealt with things in a humorous way. That's always been like a way that I've processed things. Um, 
but I guess I I feel like just the situations and like I pretty much yeah my entire adult life I've spent as a disabled woman in a wheelchair so my lens for just experiencing the world is like but I also know what it's like to be able-bodied you know yeah so I think that yeah it's allowed me to kind of revel in the absurdity a little bit more because i just i see the the difference i see it's like i i know like what you're thinking as an able-bodied person but it's like i also know like what i'm experiencing as a disabled person it's like yeah you can chill out like yeah (laughs) i'm a person it's cool like yeah (laughs) like i don't but also sometimes i just don't even see things like uh my friend dulce we were getting our nails done not braggy, but how many how many friends you oh, have? Okay, she's super, she's a comedian and she's super funny. Dulce's lone, so we were getting our nails done, and I got manicure and I finished. And the, uh, another nail uh, attendant, she came up to me with a pair of shoes and was like, "Yours?" And I was like, "No, those aren't mine." And she kept trying to give me these pair of it's shoes. Like and my Larry friend Dulce is in the chair across the way, watching this whole thing, laughing, you know. And then I finally just roll back and I stick out my my what's left of my limbs. <laughs> I was like, "Those aren't my shoes." And then she's like, "She's freaking out." Everyone in the salon is—it's like a commotion in the salon. Everyone's falling out, and it's like—and I was like, "Oh, that's the thing that happened." And then she. She's like, oh, I tell. She's like, I do colleges and I tell that story all the time. I have a whole bit about it. I was like, I don't even have a bit about she it. She does it and it's your she, experience? Yeah. And I was just like, fuck is right. These things happen. I was like, oh, it's just another day. It's just another day. It's like, I don't even like see it all the time. Oh, my sometimes. God. You got to take that material back. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, do you look at yourself as like, uh, you are such an inspire, like an inspiring force. Can I call it? Can I say that? Inspirational force. I think you're an inspirational force. I'm serious because like, you know, you're already. Thank you. You're kind. It's true. Is that okay that I say that? Is it, am I, I felt, I'm just going to, I mean, do you know that about yourself? But like you're, you're a woman living in this world, going through life. There's so many different levels. Okay. So. I'm going to use the term woman of color. Can I say that? You can say woman of Person color. Person of color. Is that, is, that a, is, that, is that like a refinery 29? Um, no, it's not. Like women of color. It's just, like an, it's just an acronym, acronym I mean, that allows you to like explain what. So you're a woman. Yes. With a disability mm-hmm. and a woman of color. Right? Mm-hmm. So you're saying, I mean, I'm a oh, so plus size. Wow. Can oh, you please list size? all of my. Oh my all, goodness. All the things that I fight against well, in, our, in our ableist. <laughs> patriarchal <laughs> whitewashed world ah! no kidding <laughs> it's so true no how do you how, what lens do you see the world through uh, the most or always different is that a horrible question too everybody don't get mad at me okay no I'm it's okay white I mean, intersectionality is real you know like yeah. yeah it's like i can't distill all i know what it all I know is what it's like to be me. Yeah. And I think this is something about like my disability that is that I'm also kind of um, not that I don't find it uninteresting, but it's like before I was able bodied for 20 years. I was a woman for 20 years. I was a woman of color for 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I struggled like with an eating disorder in high school and depression yeah. you, you know what tell I mean? me about so, that how can we left that out i mean how, how far are we into the podcast <laughs> and you did not think to share that with me how dare you how rude. just rude how fucking dare you 
just delete this so whole podcast. So it's like so. I've gone through life experiencing all those things. So in terms of like representation, and so, you know, when people are like, oh, we need disabled people. It's like, yeah, I was like, but it would also be dope to just see like women of color. Yeah. Like I've never seen people that look like me on TV and sound like me or me and my friends and talk like me and have the same issues and problems as me until like very recently. And even that it's like, I'm still kind of making ex- you know what i mean you're making what exceptions like there's i'm like who are who are the dope fun latinas on tv and in movies yeah name them like i don't i mean and even doing stand-up comedy you know what i mean like in terms of stand-up rosie comedy, perez She's I'm, not just a fucking, I'm just fucking right now. Going no, back but to I love that. Rosie. But yeah, Rosie. Okay, so we get Rosie Perez. Just, yeah. yeah, no. I mean, like, uh, yeah, no, that's I'm, so. So do you want to make your, does this like inspire you to make more content or to like, what do you? Yeah. Are you making stuff? Are you writing stuff? Are you wanting to? Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Like, There's like some fun things I'm working on. Tell um, me about those things. Me and uh, the other ladies in Thigh Gap Comedy, so Madison Shepard and Janelle Radford, we're making a new web series. I'm really excited about what's it. What's it called? Thirst Trap Inc. Thirst Trap Inc.? <laughs> yeah, so we're three ladies that run a detective agency and we only take petty crimes. Oh my God. <laughs> Did I read about this or no? This is not on your website or anything, no, right? No, yeah. Okay. Early stages of developing it, but I'm really excited. It's going to be, it's just like fun and silly and us three kind of like celebrating our friendship and just, yeah. you know, like not everything has to be this like grand dissertation of what it means to be a woman of color. But it's you just know? another example of like, a, a, you know, just people who like i'm gonna be the, the master world. of disguise and it's like i'm in a wheelchair it's gonna be so great yeah is this with <laughs> is this with uh, super deluxe no we're just we're um we're making it with 20 nothing lauren rontala she has a little production company and she's great oh wow she does the um she does the uh tiffany grim reaper series or oh, tiffany the teenage grim reaper series for snarled Jesus. she's Snarled. great she's is really this, amazing is this yeah. a new outlet for content that i don't know about mm-hmm. snarled is great snarled. it's like it's um female created and produced and a female focused and it's really snarled is awesome this is great so now my listeners are learning about a new thing yeah while i it's very cool it. yeah, yeah i've done they have a series also too called race in america which is really cool and it's uh people of color yeah talking about like times that they've experienced like racism or microaggressions and things like that and it's just more about like opening and it's not like a bummer so much you know like it's more just like oh this is just the lens like people experienced racism in different ways yeah and like it can be like very nefarious and just to have the conversation be yeah. open to mm-hmm. people are like listening where it's yeah. yeah and those are like short little like two minute and they're animated and like they're it's it's done in a really cool accessible way where it's like not threatening because I know sometimes it's like man do I want to watch this like hardcore documentary seems heavy yeah people are gonna like make me feel bad and it's like it's a little more light yeah mm-hmm. God it's an inferno in here <laughs> are you burning up at all or no I don't know I mean I run hot so I feel like and it is hot outside so I'm I'm okay um, I'm always hot <laughs> what uh, what was your day job. Before you started doing comedy. Before I started doing comedy, I was, I, I did accounts receivable. What? 
at a water filtration company. That makes no sense. In Glendale. Except for the paycheck. <laughs> I get the, we all need a paycheck and it's fucking tough. It was pretty, it was like pretty mind numbing. Like, I don't know, for a while I was like, maybe I could just be one of those people that works a really boring nine to five and they just have a really fulfilling social life and no. world outside. You've and got too much like, to give. No. By the end of it, I was just like, oh my God. I got fired. I just like, I just started coming in later and later each and every day. Oh just, I just didn't even care. Yeah. Why would you? Yeah. I was really good at my job that they like, let me, they like, let me slide. They let me ride it for a while. And then they were finally like, we can't. So you got to go. You've got your humor to deliver to the world. Did you just like make everybody laugh there all the time? Or are you just dead inside? I made like the a woman who worked accounts payable laugh because we would just like make fun of like all the other employees and the customers. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, so what's the where? OK, tell me everything that you want people to see. Where can we find you? OK, please. You can find me at Diva Deluxe on Twitter and Instagram. Friend me, follow me on Facebook, Danielle Perez, and uh, check out Thigh Gap Comedy. We that's the Twitter and Instagram, and our show Gentrification's the last Friday of every month at Avenue Fifty Studio in Highland Park. Avenue Fifty Studio. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's this really great art gallery. It's like a Latino art space, and they feature artists who do work like about the area and about you know their culture, and it's great. When does this come out? I think next week. Yeah. But we don't want it done with you. It's going to okay. get sloppy at the end. So I'm going to be like, because oh. <laughs> um, I'm burning up. I think it's my black turtleneck that I'm wearing. Looking at my notes. I know it's a conversation, but there are definitely things I want to touch on. You haven't gotten your gift. That has to be taken care of. I know. The I price need to is take right. care of it. You got to go on. Really bad. You got to go on that cruise. You've got a lot of best friends <laughs> to go on that cruise with. I'm not one of them, but I'm rooting. I'm very going to be excited. I'm going to be like, did you make out with anybody? What happened? Did you get fingered in the closet? Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll be waiting with bated breath to hear about that. Um, man. So, like, okay. Stand up. You, you yes. make videos. You do comedy. Uh, like, but what is your, like, and you don't have a podcast? Everybody has a podcast. I know. Well, I Where's your podcast? podcast? I want a podcast. I just don't know what to podcast about. I mean, does it matter anymore? Look at, look at this train wreck. No, <laughs> I love this. We've touched on so many things. Crystal, Mariah Carey, devotees. Real housewives. Oh, and how, okay. Yeah, but so, okay, you need your podcast. I need a podcast. With uh, You know, you've got a gaggle of all these fucking badass, hilarious girlfriends. I would listen to that. Well, actually, one thing that I've been, um, that I, I'm early stages, but I am excited about it, is I want to do... Like a web series talk show, uh, like centered around brunch because I love brunch. Yes. So like I invite people to brunch. I have like a chef making us brunch. We talk to them about what's on the menu. Oh my god! Signature cocktail. Yes. Just like kind of like, like just a bit like fun and silly. A little kind of like Seven Minutes in Heaven. You remember that guy who used to do Seven Minutes in Heaven, but he would do it in the closet. No. You would interview like uh, comedians and actors and things like that, and you would like just interview them in a closet. But it's like, but we're doing do brunch. I, you're doing brunch. We're doing brunch, and just like yeah, dope people. It, it's like I'm on my way to to becoming Andy Cohen. You know, it's like come to instead of a clubhouse, come to my house. We'll have you know we have a chef instead of a bartender. It's gonna be okay. Oh my god, <laughs> we'll have um, brunch. What was I gonna add? More stuff. Are you texting Aristotle? 
<laughs> Aristotle to... is. Aristotle is is um he's periscoping us. He's like, look at You're these. You're periscoping two. us. Yeah, he's too broad. Sexually objectifying me. Have you heard Andy Cohen's books on Audible? <laughs> no, I haven't heard them on Audible. You're... I've read them, but you. Oh, oh my god! I can't believe it. That was amazing. Um, well, I listen. I'm I'm such a diehard fan because he reads his own books. Oh, and that's it, so great. And it, they start off with like techno share that's like amazing. and all of a sudden it's like a, a party and it's so great and i just love him so much am i not supposed to love him is he like a joke because on the read they make fun of him so much but they no, also celebrate I love him. him i love him and i really liked his first book because it really talks about just kind of how we got like wrapped up into this whole like crazy world of like reality tv and producing and it's like i love his love of camp yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, yes, he's exploiting these real housewives, but he also loves them dearly. Yeah. You know, he is their shepherd. He is and their <laughs> shepherd. I just feel like he loves women. He loves women. He loves gay culture. He loves, like, he is just really about celebrating the things he's into, no matter how trivial and frivolous they are. Yeah. And I like that. I think that there's, there's a lot of fun things in the world it doesn't need to be super heavy all the time yeah we can get into the heavy things we can give that its due and and uh you know but talk you about wanna... you know important woke issues but we also like need to be cool with like celebrating the silly shit like i love being a girl and i love you know i love pink and sequins and makeup and listening to shitty pop music you know yeah. what i mean i yeah. love mariah carey like i love all of the crystals you know yes. like, like that like people make fun of it and stuff like that it's like i remember i when i was into that when i was like in fifth grade yeah like i just like being a girl and it's okay to be a girl and like you can be a feminist and like all the things that you like and celebrate your womanhood and your girlhood oh what was that and still be badass and still demand equality and respect and and work towards that you know yeah. oh god i was on some panel the other day talking about it's like a, it was about intersectional feminism and then we had to go down the line talking about what feminism means to you what does feminism mean to you what does that word mean feminist i think like, we all had different answers it was interesting oh really yeah well to me mine was just so because i just like i'm just like like i like i'm gonna say this at a soul level i don't know i just mm. like people you know what i mean like as yeah. i feel like you and I can both talk about horrible experiences we've had sexually with men or sure. I'm sure it just comes down to like, just, I just like girls. And so I feel like feminism is just like a woman being who she wants to be and doing what she wants to do. And that's yeah. what like it means to be, and you know, equal rights and just fucking being who you want to be. Being a person. Being yeah. a person. Being allowed to be a person, being seen as a person. Yeah. But then everybody else had very different answers. What's your answer? The social, political, and economic equality of the sexes. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, truly, though. My <laughs> mouth is a gay. Yeah. That makes yeah, sense. I mean, yeah. If you believe that women should have equal rights, equal access to opportunity, education, um, and social standing, then you are a feminist. But that's easier that is like a very easy basic thing for people to believe in but i think the action of it is what is becomes hard and difficult for people yeah um like i feel like everyone should be a feminist oh yeah there's be some quote i mean just from so i just heard the video where it's like yeah how about everybody's a feminist yeah and then 
if you're not a feminist, you're the weirdo. Right. Like, like yeah. why do you have to label yourself as a feminist and everybody, including yeah, men? But I think part of it is like you need the label because we're still not equal. Like there's, you know, I don't even want to say her name. Um, Tamagotchi Lohan, uh, you know, like, you know, saying she doesn't need it because she's not a victim or whatever. And it's like I. I, there's like this weird false narrative that oh. like feminists like are man haters or they're like always playing victim and it's like just because you're pointing out that there is like oppression and sexism doesn't mean that you're playing a victim it yeah. means that you're pointing out problems so that we can be better so that we can overcome that and achieve and, and lift each other up yeah. out of that right yeah and I think with after after the election, I think everybody's like, you know, uh, on high alert and kind of like vigilant and super sensitive to like and noticing more. Because I know when I date now, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I am. So if I see a misstep or any kind of weird uh, undertone of misogyny from the guy that I'm dating, I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm going to tell you what you've just said. You've got to be aware. Like, it's like I'm just and it's I'm not- on high alert for male feminists. Hardcore identify as such because, man, let me tell you. They're some of the they're some of the most problematic out there. Tell me why. That's interesting. Oof. Because I'm, they're lying. Well, like I mean, I like so the- I used to have on my OkCupid like uh, you know, there's a section at the bottom of OkCupid where it's like you should message me if and like add a bunch of cute things and then I add feminists like, or if you're a feminist or whatever. And I got a lot of messages like, well, what does feminism mean? Like uh, you know, and I was just like, oh god. And I eventually took it off because it was like, oh god, these guys are. You know what I mean? It's like, why are you gonna message a woman online yeah. just to like patronize to her or question her? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why don't you just live your life? How about you just realize you don't want to message me? You yeah. Know? Like that's weird. Yeah. For you to just take time out of your day to do that, but um, I briefly dated a man, uh, mostly abusive male feminist. Oh, hardcore identified himself as like he's really in a body positivity and he's a feminist and whatever. And he was he was such a, like I didn't realize how like susceptible I was to that kind of like emotional abuse and manipulation until like it was happening and I had to like talk to my friends and be like every time I'm with him I cry he makes me feel really bad about myself he started telling me like your friends are all lying to you I'm the only one that's telling you the truth like it was so manipulative and so crazy he like he was like you're selfish you're this and that and I was just like and I was telling my friend Giancy she's like Danielle this guy is like insane and he's like like you're not you're just objectively not those things yeah like but you know and then in the same breath telling me like how wonderful and beautiful i am and like giving me all these things that like i clearly like want you know but like totally crazy it's like it's another mask. you're not a feminist if you're doing those things you're crazy but then he's self-identifying as one so it's another mask to wear to manipulate right you. oh my god on our first date he was a mess he like tried to tell me about like the Martin Luther King book he was reading and I was like I don't need to know this dude oh, like just he yeah. laid it on so thick <laughs> yeah. you know like right at top and I was like man war- red flag that sounds like what I just went through where the guy was like no like I'm I'm okay with what you do like and I was like thanks um yeah. why are you I'm, and then there was okay a, you know and then my ex my last boyfriend uh male feminist 
uh, who like also physically or sexually assaulted me. So you know what I mean? Uh, like just like levels. <laughs> I, I don't mean, trust him. I'm not we... saying I want to date a misogynist, but like if you're over here, I think that there's, you know, actions speak louder than words. And I think that's really, that's it with regards to like feminism. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I would prefer it if you called yourself a feminist, but what I'm really interested in is like Behavior. you standing up for the women in your life, you standing up for women in general, you including women in what you're doing and what you're about, mm-hmm. you know, like there are a lot of male feminists in comedy, but look at their lineups, you know? Yeah. Check those out. Yeah. Check out what they're posting on Facebook and what they're sharing. And like, you know, like, uh, um, Nina Manny, her husband, I forget his name. I want to say it's like a mirror or a meal. I feel so stupid, but like there was a photo of him that went viral after the women's March of him holding a sign that said, um, can't wait to see all you nice white ladies at the next black lives matter meeting, you know? And it's just like, your feminism should be intersectional. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't just be about keeping Planned Parenthood open. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what about the missing girls in DC, you yeah. know, that are women of color or girls of color? So yeah. it's like, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I used to, I think when I first kind of got into feminism, like I took a women's studies course, um, uh, in, in college and I was really like about it and I was like everyone in my life needs to identify as a feminist and if you're not then you're part of the problem and it's like I think now I'm I'm less about that and more just like what are what are you doing what are your actions about yeah yeah ay 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 oh man <laughs> who are your favorite who do you look up to comedian wise like women in comedy who are your like or the people who inspire you and we will wrap this up I sure. promise we have time sorry. Aristotle's okay I'm sorry I'm like going Aristotle's just going like, long I'm just like I'm not done as long as you're not beating up on me Aristotle's like yeah. cool as long as <laughs> you're not asking me when I'm gonna marry my girlfriend I'm fine with this um but yeah who do you love and in, in, you know I love um Marcella Arguello she's one of my favorites she performs here a lot Meltdown She's amazing. She's Salvadorian. She's like super tall. Like I want to say like almost like six feet. Aristotle knows. Aristotle's like she's, really. She's six feet. She's like fierce as fuck. Really she's so funny. She's been on At Midnight a ton of times. Won the internet a bunch of times. Oh my god. She's writing on a new show what? that uh, like Method Man's gonna host. Oh my god. I want to talk Eliza to her. Skinner show. Oh yeah. Oh. She's just she's just like this dope, fierce ass Latina that gives no fucks. Yeah. Will read you read the room and she's funny and she's just so her on stage you know what i mean like i i i've like i started comedy and i saw her do comedy i was like oh my god this woman is like everything i love her i love i love guy branham so much oh yeah he's so so funny yeah just gay and loud and yeah I, I like people that are like kind of mean, you know, <laughs> like he, he likes to pick on audience members sometimes. He Not does. Like lo- always from a place of love. Yeah. But he's great. Um, growing up, Margaret Cho. I loved Margaret Cho. Like uh, American yeah. Girl. That I, I, oh my I God. loved that show. Yeah. In the 90s with like Sandra Bernhardt. Yeah. Sandra Bernhardt was on that show. Yeah. I love yeah. her so much. I mean, it's just it was like wild to me that like that was the thing that happened that in it was the allowed. 90s and it's taken so long to get like get there again. Asian American, you know, family comedies back on yeah. TV. 
but I love them. Um, I let's see. I'm like trying to. I'm like I should be better at like. I think <laughs> this room this, is so hot. It's just it makes you. It's real like warm. It's warm my brain. Yeah, I love those two. I love. Um, am I trying to think? Like what? Oh, you know Lori Kilmartin. She's amazing. I know her. She has a podcast here, the Jackie and Lori show with Jackie Cation. Oh yeah. Okay. But Lori's amazing. I love her because she just like um because she like she work she writes on Conan and she lives and works in LA. So it's like just seeing her squeeze every single joke out of a bit. Yeah. Like you get like in LA you see people kind of go up and do sets and you see them work out and tinker and toy. And it's like every word or phrase is a laugh, you know, she just, and like to see someone work on set, like, it's just, it's amazing. Like, I love that. Like, yeah, she's, she's so funny. She has a special right now on CISO called 45 jokes about my dead dad because her father oh, died yeah, I and heard she her just started tweeting about, like his death and the whole process and people really responded to it. I mean, it was just like honest and real and funny. Yeah. And it's that, it's that sad, dark place that people can relate to. And there's catharsis and emotion and connection with it. And so she worked out those jokes and created a special and it's so great. It's so amazing. I can't believe I actually totally heard her being on, on Marin. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure. She, yeah, she's she's, yeah. she's been on everything. She's great. So bringing it back to you because this show is a mm-hmm. love letter and dedication to me asking you all the things in my brain that I want to ask you, um, and putting a spotlight on you or whatevs. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so let, let's say you're taking a break from guys, right? You're taking a break from dating. I think is this so. right? I think that's what I need to do. Okay, Ugh, see, see. unless this podcast is going to get me a lot of dick. I <laughs> mean, but now they know where to find you on, on Instagram and Twitter. They can just slip into your DMs, uh, you know, real quick, real easy. But let's just assume, okay, you're taking a break. You, whatever they can do, whatever they want. It has nothing to do with you. You're grounded in yourself, taking a break from dating. You'll revisit whenever you revisit, not yeah. to be bossing you around or whatever. Okay, so in the interim, while you're taking that break from dating, focusing on yourself. What is it you hope to do career-wise, internally, spiritually, mentally? What is the fucking goal? What are all the things? I just want to say that so we can put it out in the ether. If you want, none of my business. Sure. Okay. I think the goal is to find the goal. I think that's that's what I've been freaking out and struggling the, with. The deepest thing I've ever heard on my podcast. Is it? The goal is to find the goal. The goal is to find the goal. I think on that. No. <laughs> but seriously, yeah, go. I mean, elaborate. I want to... I don't like... I feel... Like the blessing and the curse about starting comedy in LA and being in LA is I'm surrounded by so many brilliant, funny, talented people and also people that are really focused and know what they want. You know, like um, Madison, like my co-producer Madison, my BFF, she she's like, I want an Emmy. You know what I mean? And oh, like wow. she's she knows that she's but she's wanted to be an entertainer her whole life. And so she, you know, she gets a meeting or she meets someone like she knows, like she knows what she's working towards and what she's working for. And, uh, you know, there's like someone like Marcella, you know, she wants to be the greatest. You know what I mean? She wants to be Marcella, like how there's Chris Rock or, you know. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I want to be really fucking funny. I know that. I want to be like an undeniable talent. Yeah. But that's not a 
job? Well, no, but there's comedy, podcasts, <laughs> writing a book, creating a TV show, making a movie that you star in, like creating your own content because it's like, you know, yeah. taking control. It's like those are all possibilities that maybe are interesting to you. I don't know. You know, is it comedy the most exciting thing? Do you want to go do it? tour didn't you open for who i opened for maria bamford how is that, that was amazing she's amazing she is so that's about you okay we okay. know she's amazing I'm you're like, also oh, amazing about everyone i know that's amazing i mean maybe we're gonna have to bring that to your therapist bring that to your therapist you're the most amazing person in your life i would hope Am I? yes <laughs> i was like i don't think so yes i said yes not yes just want to make that clear again. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, yes. and I've got to stop saying woke, ironically, which is turning into something real because, uh, oh yeah, but it'd be really funny if you stopped saying woke and then started saying fam. Fam? What's fam? I mean, I just saw the laugh. Yay. Oh, yay. oh my God. Wait, fam. Is that P-H-A-M? I am so dumb. No, what, what is F-A-M, it? I'm just F-A-M. F-I-M? F-A-M. FAM, what does that mean? Like, what up, fam? Like, squad? Oh, like... my God. I, I don't say squad. I don't say squad goals. I don't say what up. I don't. Sure as hell won't be saying what up, fam. Uh, oh, is that hilarious to you guys? pretty great. <laughs> but then I started saying, like, woke, ironic. First, I said it ironically. Now I say it. And now I'm humiliated. <laughs> and I'm going to start saying uh, with it. Like that, like that guy seemed pretty with it or awoken. <laughs> I don't know. Never mind. You know what's worse? Um, yeah, never mind. I'm like, I can't even say this. I'm too embarrassed. I'm I'm too white, humiliated, <laughs> say it. and embarrassed. Let's hear it. No, what's worse than me, a white girl in Los Angeles with bangs and no real problems, probably, right? Uh, oh, yeah, we have saying bangs. woke. We have bangs and no real problems, too. Look, we both have lips <laughs> matching, we're bangs and no real problems. <laughs> what's worse than me saying woke ironically turned real? Is me asking if that's okay to say? You know what I mean? It's like, is, am I allowed to say? So you guys, like, is it okay? Like, I just don't. I'm just gonna say with it. I think if it's, I think if like if, you're uh, asking in like an earnest and sincere way, I think it's fine. Everybody's saying yes all over the place. I don't yeah, know. that is the appropriation of is that because of culture? But is that because of Broad City brought that to? I think it was a lot of things. I think RuPaul's Drag Race, Broad City. Oh. It's just part of like the cultural like. Okay, let's get back to you. This is, what, this is okay. So you are the most important person in your life. Wow, I mean, and tell your therapist debatable. that I told you that, and that you are going to process this and internalize it and make it a reality. Right? Am I adding that to my um, morning or not affirmations? My pages? Yeah, my my, my self affirmations. Your your cup of boiling hot water. Do you remember and lemon? Okay, just time out real quick. Do you remember that? episode of america's next top model where there was that girl that tyra said had a kind of a snout and she had she just had such a complex around it that she would be in the house after elimination practicing her smile and her look in the mirror and there's one scene where she's like practicing and then she just starts crying <laughs> in the mirror it's what season? i want a gif of it so bad and oh my i can't God. find it so she's practicing and then she just bursts into tears. And she just bursts into tears and she holds her face. And it's like, that's me every time I try to do self-affirmations in the mirror. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like I can't even get through it. <laughs> do you write in lipstick on your mirrors? Because I keep walking to my girlfriend's bathroom. I don't want to waste after- the lipstick. I don't blame you. I wouldn't either. But I keep walking I'm sorry, to my sorry. Girlfriend- I buy Urban Decay and MAC. That is expensive. Oh, that is expensive. <laughs> do you go to the MAC at the Grove or where do you go? Is it even there anymore? Oh, I don't. I hate the Grove. Oh, yeah. Me too. I don't um, like mm-hmm. the Grove or Americana. How come? 
I f- this is where we feel... end our possible friendship right here. Well, they feel like Disneyland. I don't like Disneyland either. They f- because it is a false creation of um, safety and security. No, like of uh, it's like the same reason I don't like Vegas. It's like it's these false realities of something else like it's made to feel like you're in a promenade that's why i love it in france or something like that or in europe and it's like it's like a fake town like it's like no it's not like it creeps me out you want things like you want things gritty and real i want you want realness i want the real give me the real well which mac do you go to you're like i go to beverly center (laughs) i i I buy online to bh uh but i We'll go to the one in Pasadena, Ugh, in Old Town. I don't like Old Town either. But that's because I used to go there all the time in grade school. As if I remember I used to go. <laughs> what street is that where it's like Forever 21 and the Max Yeah, store, it's like store. off Colorado. Oh, my God. I would just go mental on that street being like, it's amazing. I can't yeah. believe it and all the people and all the stuff. Like, ah. Um, yeah, I always feel really safe at Target. Target is a safe space. I do like Target. Yeah, I just feel like you, you could spill. You can get a Starbucks. You can spill at any moment. You can buy a three pack of white t shirts. You're gonna be okay. You can. You can just touch a bunch of brightly colored sweaters. Yeah, you. If it's a corporate company, if you want to open a lipstick, I don't think you should. And this is probably uh, white privilege speaking. I'm sorry. No, I like, open lipsticks. Okay, to make good. Sure I don't want to feel alone in this. Thank no. God. Let's make it a woman we thing. We all do. Okay, let's make it a corporation and a woman thing where it's like I got to try on the lipstick to know if it's gonna be okay, mm-hmm. and then it's not, and then you're like Target will not feel the burn target's not gonna feel the burn target's like who knows what they're up to let them feel that corporation they've got cushion okay good um so you're in therapy okay what are we what so you're okay figuring (laughs) out what the figuring out what the goal is and listen this we don't have to dive too deep this is personal this is your life so i don't mean to like hey maybe i am the white oprah thank you fuck you (laughs) opening cracking me open (laughs) feeling it it is very hot in here is this what this, this is, is how this is how this is like the military technique. Is this like, what gonna... aha moments feel like? Just like I'm <laughs> suffocating heat. That's just my vibe. And no circulation. That's just what it's like to be my friend. <laughs> yeah, this is where we crack um, you wide open. No, I I I think that's that's honestly like what I'm trying to figure out. Like I love stand up comedy and I love performing. And I love being live in front of people, entertaining. And I think that's part of why like I'm gonna try to do this like talk show web series like to see i think i just i am very new to comedy and entertainment as a career in general you know like when i was little i was like i want to be a ballerina and an actress but it was like that's cute you know (laughs) what makes you happiest acting performing uh comedy performing and comedy and i'm i'm scared to write i need to are i am because it's like i feel like i'm barely i i I'm barely competent at comedy. Like I know what I can do with comedy and I know that I have like a skill set and it, obviously it needs to grow and it can get better and it will get better the more I work at it. But it's like I've been spending the last like two and a half, almost three years trying to be really good at comedy. And I feel like I'm barely getting like my baby little sea legs with that. But it's like writing, whether it be like sketches or a TV show or something or movie or something it's like i haven't even really delved into that and so i'm like petrified to do that and not be good at it when you're putting your act together and you're working stuff out and you're you know putting bits together as they say in showbiz or whatever uh what do you think you're trying to say ideal i mean i know you're trying to make people laugh but it's like 
people use the term what, you know, point of view and voice and blah, blah, sure. and all that bullshit. But that's a real thing. So like, do you ever think like, when, when you zoom out, do you think, well, this is the message I want to get across. Like, this is the world I'm creating. Sure. Um, that's part of figuring it out. Like, I want, I want to. I want answers to all these questions just as much as you do. <laughs> because because just, just your cadence and your inflections and the way you speak and your vibe and everything, you're so hilarious. So that Thank just you. like translates. So then I've seen your act and I've watched it a bunch of times on, online too. Like, and it's like, you're so funny. deeper and realer. I mean, I want to, I want to always be funny and I, you know, love a good dick or pussy joke or whatever, but like. Her head wiggled when she said that too. It was very cool. <laughs> yeah, really excited. <laughs> I really accentuated. Punched the joke. I loved it. Um, Punctuated. I mean, but I mean, there's like a lot of stuff on like race and being like Dominican. You know, growing up as like Afro-Cuban on the West Coast in Los Angeles, where we just don't have a lot of people that look like me um, from my ethnic background. Like that, I haven't even like kind of broached. You know what I mean? There's just like a lot of stuff i've been like working on more bits about like my depression that i'm like i don't know i just like want whatever i'm doing to be like honest and real and i want to create visibility for people that don't that have been left out of our media narratives for so long like i want to be the person on TV or on a show that someone else in the audience can relate to and be like, oh, she gets me. Oh, my God. She's just like me and my friends. Like, I see her. Mm -hmm. And and so that they feel represented, you know, because I just didn't have that growing up. And that was like a total bummer. <laughs> like, it just. Yeah. It, it. Oh, God. I read some. There's like some article i'll send it to you it was really interesting but it was like it was like a response to like this list it was like 99 books for like men to read before they're 30 or something like that and it was mostly male writers or whatever like that but it was like there was a response to it where the woman was just basically like as women we are even like with literature and great works we're constantly having to shape shift our gender, our color, our class to, sh to understand these protagonists. Right. Yeah, yeah. But what if we didn't like privilege is not having to do that. <laughs> privilege is instantly yeah. relating to these people and these being the status quo of like, what is culture and great. And so I just want, I don't know. I want visibility. I want, I think my friends and my family are interesting and funny and cool and our struggles and our hopes and dreams are universal. And I just want to broadcast that. I think that's it. Right. I think so. And I think you've got your whole world. Like when you tell me about all your friends, when you're telling me about <laughs> your friends and, that, and then looking at, your act, looking at your act and you, you talk about loving brunch and then you just mentioned your depression now. So it's like and going on dates. I mean, like that's your world. I mean, I'm just like I'm pretending I'm your manager right now. If you don't mind, let me just fill these shoes real quick. Um, oh, yeah. So that's your world. So it's like you're, you're you know, you're depressed. 
You're at home, you're having your personal moments, you leave the house because you got to meet your friends for brunch. Okay, then you're talking about the date, you go with the guy uh, that you know, you're not sure if you like on OkCupid. You go to, you have some horrible, whatever, bizarro encounter with that guy. You take it back to your friends while you guys are getting a, you know, a manicure and, uh, you know, and not a pedicure. And then the lady forces your and shoes on you and you're like, and you're like, get away from me. And then you have that moment. You, so you, you got to take that story back from your other comedian friend because that is, that is your story that goes in your pilot. Okay. Okay. So. So, yeah, so it's like it's already there. And the reason I'm going so deep and we're going over time on this podcast is because I know at a core gut intuitive level how you're going to blow up. And I've got the expose right here, right now, because I've just created your complete pilot and your comedy (laughs) show. Or I'm not I didn't create it. It's your life. I'm just reflecting it back to you you. and showing you. But uh, so, okay. so all that being said, you're in therapy. You're figuring out what you want, doing all your stuff living your gosh darn life, being an inspiration, whether or not whether you know it or not, or whatever, getting your pilot, your world is up in order. Let's say you get that in lock, which you will. Okay. Then we're revisiting men again. Do you date women or just men? Just men. You got to ask. Yeah, no. You got to ask. Um, so again, I like to throw things out in the ether. I do this for myself or whatever, but it's like, so who does that bonehead need to be? I mean, who does that? You know, I just think all men are boneheads right now because I'm having going through a moment, but who is... What does that look like, ideally, if you don't mind? It's, I know it's another... What does that look like? Uh, he's kind. He's funny. He's, he's kind. He's funny. He's, he's smart. Is he black? Is he white? Is he Asian? Is matter. he? It doesn't matter. Okay. He's just, any color. All right. Do you do your wish list thing like I do? Like all girls tell each other, like, you got to do your manifestation list of the perfect guy. Do you do we, that? I do, I've not done a manifestation You've not list. done the manifestation No, I need to learn. And by the way, Aristotle, if you're getting too hot, feel free to take off your shirt. It's totally cool with <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, Aristotle, okay. you can totally take off your shirt. We totally understand. Wait, it is you, very hot in here. Why'd you point out this stuff? He, I think he pointed out the cameras. Yeah. Oh, the lights are on us. Oh, so we're hot, not That's you. Why. You can still take off your shirt, Aristotle. Okay, so wait, yeah. are we recording this? Wait, there's no the video happening, right? <laughs> I'm like, because if, if, if we knew we were, we, we could totally have taken off. off these lights. Yeah, why are these lights on? Because we'd just be in the dark, right? Oh, I guess. Maybe that would have been more romantic and cool. Okay. But well. I think we're. Okay, so, yes, you've got to do a manifestation list. That's what every girlfriend of mine and every self help book that I've read, and I've pretty much read all of them. I stay away from self help books. You do? I do. I have attitude about self help books. I why? mean, I have bought two, but I have not opened them. <laughs> And yet you just told me, I was like, have you listened to Andy Cohen's books? You're like, no, I read them. I was like, wow. All right. But you're like, <laughs> but you have attitude. Why do you have attitude for self-help books? Oh, I just feel like it's like, I've already, I feel like I'm like, I've given up already a lot. And I feel like that's just like a new low that I don't know if I can recover from. Given up? So what? What? Oh God. Okay. Well, whatever. Write the. I'll tell you, so you don't have to get the. Book you're gonna to tell, tell me. You. You're gonna tell me how to do the wish list manifestation for a man. So, so what, that when I'm ready for him, he will come. So what are you looking for, though? And ideally, I would come too. Yeah. See you, M. Motherfuckers. What up, fam? What up, motherfuckers? Oh, wow. We created a monster. <laughs> <laughs> And when, when I'd like to report a woke white woman, woke white woman here at Meltdown Comics. <sighs> Laughing real deep now again, gutterly, because you're <laughs> so funny. All right. I think I've rung you dry, right? Okay. I mean, is there, I mean no, no, There's no. But like, is there, I like nodded politely. There's, There's nothing else. We know where to find you. And I'm just happy. I hope you don't regret doing this podcast. No, I love that. This is great. Thank you. You honestly, like. 
thank you for having me asking these hard-hitting questions honestly like the white oprah that i am <laughs> you really you're coming to the core and the deep issues and i i sincerely thank you and this is great like i i needed this and now i have a roadmap i have a roadmap i have a pilot outline or I, at least i have a log line yeah that's a good outline <laughs> i think last question i just want to know because you, you had mentioned, you said, you know, you don't like uh, whatever the Refinery29 thing is that even I thought was bizarre where it said, uh, what did they say? Oh, differently abled. Differently abled and then uh, person with disabilities. No, no, not person with. Uh, differently uh, abled or special needs. Special needs. Two things, the two uh, phrases that are, that you don't like, that are not appreciated, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's what I want to know. And I'm going to serve as a, as, a, as a person in the world uh, who's uh, a bonehead and just wants to is trying to do the best they can and be thoughtful sure. and accommodating. Tell me as if I represent all annoying people in the world that you have to deal with. And that way, you know, and then and so that way the people who are listening, you know, uh, can can learn something and, and, and be better. How do you want um, I just what do you what do you need from people who are just boneheads and are not uh, graceful in the way? they might interact with you because they don't understand you know what i mean sure i mean i think and in dating and just in real just like in in not dating situations i think i just um a self-awareness from people is important where you're just just interact with someone and know that Asking what happened to you is rude and offensive. I don't just walk up to you and say, what happened to you? Because you got that ugly face or that unibrow, you know? Um, And being okay with someone if they say they don't want to talk about something. Respecting that. Because I can't tell you how many times that happens where I'll give a joke answer or something like that. Um, say like a shark attacked me or a tiger mauled me or something like that. And they're like, no, really what happened? It's like, why do you feel so entitled to know about me? A stranger. You don't even know my name. You don't know anything about me. What you think it's going to be a funny story or you think it's going to be a tragic story. And like, and then what are you going to like? I think people just aren't aware of like how, (laughs) like what you're, you're interacting with another person. I'm not a thing. I'm not a science project. So just treat me like how you would like to be treated. I think that's it more than anything. Also, yeah, you can call me like I'm disabled person with disabilities. Let's end on Aristotle taking off his shirt. Aristotle? All right. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 